Mo Facts with Adam Curry for January 4th, 2021. It's episode number 56. Ah! Okay. Now, now I've kicked off the new year. Thank you, Kanye. And hello, Mo Facts. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm good, Mo. How you doing, man? Happy New Year. I am I am blessed. I made it out of 2020 alive, so I have no complaints. Yes, you did. And here we go. It's our New Year's horns. The third podcast I've played them on this week. <laughs> oh, man. I know you got a real busy season from uh, Halloween through uh, Thanksgiving through Christmas. And I don't know. Didn't mm-hmm. you have birthdays and all kinds of celebrations straight through for like the whole fourth quarter? Man, I had birthdays, mama's birthday, brother's birthdays, daddy birthdays, my birthdays, <laughs> Jesus's birthday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget. Yeah. Oh, that's nice, man. You had a great New Year's Eve. You, uh, where'd you celebrate at home? Yes. Every man, I got so much to fill you in on Christmas. First Christmas in the new house. Oh, right. White Christmas. Ah, I was going to add perfect. Perfect. Uh, and, and you take pictures, and and you got Rocco f- frolicking in the snow. I see it. It was beautiful. <laughs> Kids didn't wake up too early, and like soon as they woke up, it started snowing. I mean, you couldn't. It was something out of a, like a, a Hallmark um, picture. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you. That's perfect, especially in the new house. Outstanding. And what did you get? Socks aftershave. Cashmere socks <laughs> oh. uh, for my daughter. Ooh, yes, nice. very so nice. So my feet are nice and toasty, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and and the bills. I got the, <laughs> the receipts. So. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, it was that, socks and receipts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I gotta write that down. Socks and receipts just might be a show title. I don't know, man. I kind of like it. Um, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's been a little. It's been crazy, How was of your, course. I, I don't want to be rude. How was your How was your Christmas? Yep, yep. My Christmas was great. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, Tina, and myself, and we had uh, her daughter, my stepdaughter, over. It was real nice. Um, everyone else says, you know, Christina's social distance in uh, the Netherlands, and her other daughter's, uh, you know, or lockdown, I should say, is semi lockdown in Chicago. So thank goodness mm-hmm. we, uh, we, you know, Austin's not quite so stringent. Um, it was nice. I got a cashmere sweater. I the. My my greatest present, which uh, my lovely wife gave me, is one of these things that you'd never think of, because of course I don't really need anything, so it's crappy to sh- to shop for me. So cashmere right. sh- cashmere Same sweater here. wins. That always wins. Any sweater wins. Um, a, a, a motorized professional knife sharpener. And- wow, that sounds cool. <laughs> now I want one. <laughs> and there's this serious business with has a, a a drive belt with the, the you know the the sandpaper on it and sharpening stones right and left and you can do scissors and I've already cut up my hands pretty good. These knives are so sharp now. It's just like oh, oops. <laughs> you know, normally it just kind of yeah, bounces off my, my nail there. Now now ooh, it sliced into my nail. So yeah, but it, it was just good. Um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of in this weird situation where there's lots of rumblings everywhere and we're not quite sure what's going mm-hmm. on. Are we going to have a, a 45 Savage final uh, fourth act uh, crescendo, which I am still expecting. Um, it's uh, but, you know, you don't know. You just don't know. There's so much taking place. And, the, and that's just the stuff that we're paying attention to. Forget about the asteroids. Right. Don't pay any attention to that. <laughs> 
<laughs> lots of other things going on, but that's uh, you know, uh, as usual. I'm I'm looking around. I'm and sure. I'm sure everybody's wondering about the the long uh, break. So I'll, I'll explain more as we get into the clips. Um, I have uh, a bit of a not explanation, but just explaining. Just, I like to explain what was going on, but the clips will lend to that. But I guess we can get right into the bag. Yeah, well, hold on. I'm going to roll this up. Let's see what's going on. Mo brought the bag. It's the wheel of topics and slides around where it stops. Nobody knows. Mo, of course, does because he's expertly prepared this journey for us. Today's topic on episode 56 is pizza potluck. <laughs> Yay! Pot potluck. Potluck. how you change the right. <laughs> you change the title of of the clip so all i see is steven universe grandma so i don't know what the i don't know what the show topic is okay <laughs> potluck i got it i got right, it so nice so it's good to end the year or begin the year on a potluck because we had a lot of clips and a lot of topics that we weren't able to get to in 2020 right and the last show which was one of my personal favorites because I did a birthday show for myself on the Gucci Man and uh, Young Jeezy um, Versus. Man, got a lot of cool feedback on that show. People really yeah, like so, that. So in the spirit of that, we're going to do our own verses. <laughs> we got a... <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So we got a, we got three, three uh, matchups. And the reason why I'm doing this is I'm going to show how it's not... Uh, Versus in the sense of comparing the two people and then their talents or whatever of that. And in that sense, it's more of how the media plays two black men off of each other mm. for their narrative. Right. And we got a triple header here. So <laughs> I guess it's a, it's round a pressure, one. It's a get... pressure cooker, everybody. Yeah. Wait a minute. We got round one coming up. <laughs> so on round one, we got Iron Mike Tyson versus Bootsy Badass, number two. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to another celebrity news, y'all. The world is raving. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but it's being reported that the NBA star Dwayne Wade's 12-year-old son is transitioning, y'all, from male to female. <laughs> now, they're saying that the 12-year-old boy, whose name is Zion Edward, now goes by the name of Zaya. Now, they're saying Dwayne spoke candidly in an interview with um, Ellen DeGeneres, which, you know, we all love Ellen DeGeneres, which is going to air later today. They're saying, they're saying in the interview, he discusses y'all being a father to Zion. Formerly known as Zion. They're saying the NBA baller revealed to Ellen that he reached out to the cast to pose y'all for help, which addresses to help address the situation. Man, culture is sad, isn't it, Mo? <laughs> it's sad when I hear this stuff, man. Yeah, so we have to, but it's great because it gives us a uh, insight. You know, gives uh, us some real insight. Launching point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to get into some real insight. So that was Gary with the T on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And that was from uh, Potluck Show 26. And this is the, was the uh, genesis of the Mike Tyson versus uh, Bootsy Badass, or Bootsy, formerly known as uh, Little Bootsy, um, their interaction. So you had uh, Zaya Wade come out and... As uh, well, Zaya, said, Zaya, going Zaya, through a transition. Zaya Wade didn't really come out. Their parents kind of threw Zaya Wade out, is the way I saw it. That's how it was taken 
uh, by a lot of people because we discussed this and this is not a rehash of that story mm-hmm. but what i need to do is lay it out there and as you heard the world is raving mm-hmm. and to lend to your point um they got in touch with the cast of pose oh right and, right, uh, right right right, right. ellen it's like if you're trying to get your child the best help, you would think you would go to professionals, not celebrities. <laughs> but a lot of people think Gabrielle Union is actually doing the handling in this situation. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to die. I mean, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too far. But this what, number three is a reaction from Bootsy Badass uh, on this subject. I gotta say something about this shit, bro. Dwayne Wade, you gone too f***ing far, dog. That is a male. A 12-year-old. At 12, they don't even know, they don't even know what they next meal gonna be. They don't even, they don't have shit figured out yet. He might meet a, a, a woman, anything, at 16 and fall in love with her. But his be gone. How you gonna, like, bro, that's, it's, you going too far, dog. Don't cut his off, bro. Like, bro, for real. If he gonna be gay, let him be gay. But don't cut his dick off, bro. <laughs> Man. Like, don't address him as a woman, dog. He's 12 years old. He don't, he's not, he's not up there yet. He, he hasn't made his final decisions yet. Don't cut his dick off, Dwayne Wade, bro. You tripping, dog. You tripping, dog. <laughs> so uh, what one one I, I totally forgot we might need to play the warning if you have it uh for, oh, for the, uh, hold on a second i'm so sorry some viewers may find the following disturbing viewer discretion is advised Ooh, i love hearing that okay let's let's go yeah. so i just want to warn the people out there you might have some adult uh of course if we cover this kind of information it's pertinent to the story it's not uh out of uh just being vile so uh back to bootsy and uh, Mike Tyson. So you heard Bootsy's reaction, and his reaction was more age issue and the demasculation of a male. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like a hatred towards LGBT. Uh, he even said it himself. He's eighteen. He wouldn't really care, you know that kind of thing. And I think that was everybody's kind of approach. But of course, the liberal media went and dug up into Bootsy's past, and Bootsy had a problem. And this is from the New York Post. Rapper Bootsy Badass claims he paid sex, pay for sex, pay he paid for sex for his 14-year-old son. <laughs> All right, so in that article, he's quoted on Instagram or one of those social media sites. He says, Yeah, uh, hell yeah, I got my effing son bleep uh act performed on it. So they use that against him. Mm. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, so how can you talk about kids and you know this kind of thing? Um, so I'm torn about this because Bootsy ain't the best example for a parent. I'm just going to say that now. But when I heard this, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Um, it reminded me of this show called the bill uh, called billions. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch billions or not. Yes. Did you watch that. Yes. I've, I've watched okay. it religiously and I think I know exactly what you're referring to. All right. So Chuck senior, uh, and Chuck uh, Chuck Jr., I mean, that's his son. Uh, he plays the role of, uh, I think, the district attorney or something for the New York, yes. New York, so, New York State. No, for the uh, Southern District of New York. Southern, that's it, that's it. So anyway, that's, what's important to the story is 
his father, who was a very domineering parent, helicopter parent, if you want to call it, I mean, to the extreme, actually paid for him to have sex when he was 14. Yep. So this is not cultural. But the, no, uh, it's not, it's not he, even cultural. It's not even something that's weird for the times. This this used to be very common back in the 50s. Right. So I just want to show, I only went on off from that small tangent to show how far we've come that something that used to be acceptable as <laughs> having your son, you know, uh, paying for sex for your son at a young age, I guess the... Um, well, let's put it let's, let's, masculinity let's, or something. But let's yeah. put let's put it this way: if there's all mm-hmm. these things you can do, and you can advise your child and coach your child and, and push your child or accept your child, all of these things that are completely okay, which even I find to some degree, certainly at young age, really borderline unacceptable. Why is this not acceptable? That's my point. Yeah. And why is the New York Post saying that's unacceptable? But when somebody comes out and says whatever their child is doing, you know, transitioning or whatever, if people say I have an issue with the age, it should be taken the same way. I'm just showing the the, you know, disparity and acceptance in these two events and how he was used. It was used as a uh, as a tool against Bootsy. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just wanted to cover that. You I mean, just as go, um, going into uh, the next clip. So we had. um Ricky Smiley, because that, that was what the uh, Gary with the T was covering on. And Ricky had an issue with his uh with the age as well in uh clip four. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's it's scared, just, it's just scared a to get an opinion because uh uh you know it it is it, it, Dave should... Okay, I'm dying. No cut. <laughs> yep, you Never too. Cut. Yep, so just yep, so just let it go. But anyway, my congratulations. Thing is, my thing, here's about the Now they got the baby up here, they take a family picture and the baby up here. <laughs> Twelve years old with with a with a uh, uh, the acrylic uh, nails, uh, uh, the acrylic nails and a halter top shirt on. Now, be what you want to be, but the question is, if that boy was a, a real little girl, is it appropriate? Because my twelve year old daughter wouldn't have on no oh, halter top and, on, and no acrylic uh, acrylic nails. My twelve year old girl, right? Because they got plenty of time for that. They got the rest of their life to do that. Now, why you got to march that out in front of everybody, and that's still a child? This, this is this is me. Now you can get mad at me in the LGBT community can attack me or whatever, and and say whatever they want to say. But I'm just talking about just as a parent, you got to use a certain amount of discretion, and it almost feels like exploitation uh, uh, to a child's sexuality. Yeah. I'm actually interested. So I only play. Do you, do you, and uh, I, don't, I can't remember if we talked about this on when, when this came up the first time, but it is what is there a, an equal percentage uh, black kids transitioning versus white kids? Do you know any? Do you have any idea about those stats or just a feeling for them? I ha- I haven't every I haven't looked into those stats, but I can't. I'll say this as anecdotal. I don't remember any child of any other race being pushed at right. this age yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. to this level. No, no I, any other child I, of a celebrity, period. Give me another example. I can't think of one offhand. I mean, we hear about Angelina Jolie and her kids oh, right, or whatever. Right, right, but right, I'm right, just yeah, saying, right. like I'm saying, I mean, you hear it, but you don't hear them being thrusted as a, as a LGBT celebrity. Mm-hmm. And that's not the point of this. 
That's not that's not the point of it. I'm only playing these black background clips so we can hear. I know it just I did it, it, it never, it, it, it never stops to fascinate me. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. No, no, I'm just saying because I don't I wanna make, make make people think we're rehashing that story, but it's important to the verses. Yep. Uh so we have um Ricky Smiley, who is very, I would assume, liberal at politically, you know, politically liberal, even he has an issue with the age. And he's like, and he made a valid point that saying, even my 12 year old daughter wouldn't dress in the manner that Zaya is dressing. So I'm just laying that out. And you might say, okay, well, that's misogynistic, right? I want to point one other thing out before I move on. Notice Ricky was at a loss of words. He couldn't even get started on. He was afraid, like uh, I, exactly. I, I, I. Mm-hmm. So that tell you for somebody that pretty much makes a joke about everything because he's a comedian. Um, when he took on this, he had to walk his word, choose his word, words very carefully. And if you notice in the clip, Gary tells him just let it go. <laughs> yes, and Gary is of the LGBT community, so he was like, "Don't, don't even, don't say the wrong thing." You walking through a landmine. So he, I mean, that's the kind of the, I wanted to set the tone of how people have to address this, but it wasn't only a man, man issue because we have another uh, person that we visited on this show. And this is from show 46, uh, which was a potluck as well. That was, uh, I think Kanye King and Kamala. I think I have it mixed up, but that was the show. Um, yes, we have yes, uh, Angela Stanton, Angela Stanton King, um, and she is the mother of a LGBT child. And let's just hear her perspective on this um, topic. How does it benefit Black America? Y'all talking about restoring, right? Black America, restoring our lives, restoring our economy, restoring our families. How does it even benefit Black America to encourage our men to become women? Because first of all, if anybody understands the strategies of war, if it's time to take out a colony of people, the first thing they do is remove the men. So as a woman, first of all, I need my man. I need my black man. You know, I need you to be a man. I need you to lead. I don't need you to be competition. <laughs> I don't need you to feel like you a woman or feel like you are me because I don't have to give my crown away. So no, I don't support feminizing especially not our boys but if you're an old man and you want to make a decision that that's what you want to do that's what you want to do but i don't have to support it and i don't and tell me how does it benefit us now just what I've, something i've noticed uh mm-hmm. is that um you lump everybody together you say this child is lgbtq and that person's child is lgbtq kind of not fair the kid's either gay, straight, queer, or whatever, but you can't be a, the whole acronym. So I don't actually know what 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 was her child, or what is her child. Her child is gay. Okay, it's a male child. Okay, uh, and and he's uh, he's gay. But the reason why I say that the acronym is because that's how it's presented. As this community. Now, we all know that there's infighting in the community. And exactly. It's, you know, we've we had that discussion before, but just for the sake of brevity. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I actually couldn't remember. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, that, in the context of that clip, it made a difference. But uh, yeah, now it makes sense. Okay. Right. Which her son is f- very feminine as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I don't want to lump, like I said, we're not, we're, that's not what we're here for. Uh, but I just want to give some background to this story and everybody's perspective uh, across a broad spectrum of political backgrounds. Angela Stanton being a, a, a adamant Trump supporter, uh, Ricky Smiley being an adamant Democrat reporter, I mean, uh, supporter. Uh, <laughs> he's, probably, probably, I mean, he's, he's probably both supporter and reporter, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And Little Bootsy, he's, he's uh, representing the trap. So that's that's the politics from the trap. So where the angle I'm coming from this is the CocuSurf. Now we've we've talked about this before on 48, mm-hmm. and that was the shootest. And this is from Dr. Hassan uh, T. Hassan Johnson. And just to get some background on him, we're talking about a serious professional here. He is a associate professor of Africana Studies at California State University in Fresno. Uh, and he specializes in black male studies, which I think is one of a handful of uh, schools that have that that uh, that studies. And it's is uh, more specifically black masculinity, comparative black gender, and black male extitualism. I think that's how mm-hmm. you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I think anyway, it, yeah. um, he operates in the ma- black manosphere. And we talked about this before, which the black manosphere is this somewhat safe space for black men mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, basically mostly on YouTube, but it costs, it ventures out in other platforms where black men have gotten together. And uh, you saw uh, blame black men kind of birthed out of this. You're, what you're seeing, and it's funny, and I just want to uh, say this right quick. What you're seeing in the 2020s for men, and more specifically black men, is what you saw for women in the 1920s. Huh. You had this reemergence of gender rights and a push for gender rights because black men have been suppressed so much that they've created this safe space. And it's other people I'm going to start bringing into um, 2021, the, the Mo Fact Show, Adam Curry, that's going to highlight this even more. But he goes on to talk about the uh, the CocuSurf. So as you can see today, we're talking about the reality of black men's disposable role as CocuSurfs. I've covered this in another show. The whole concept of CocuSurfs is a, is a bringing together of two basic ideas, the concubine and the surf. And this in many ways has to do with the social expectation of black men, both in the larger society, but more particularly within black America. The idea that black men are not only disposable, but their roles are to serve as sexual concubines as well as serfs. Right. Who are really just designed to serve you lift, bear that tote, so on and so forth. The disposability. Right. So the idea of the CompuSurf and and how our lives and our deaths can be taken for taken for granted. We don't talk as much about our lives because there's all kinds of contestation, contestation and shaming that goes on. We talk about what black men experience in their own community. Right. But but it's clearly evident in our deaths, how we're perceived and how our deaths are often used for everybody's advancement but black men themselves. And one of the biggest indicators of that is how much policy has been developed in the last few decades to stem the tide of those deaths, right? Very little. And yet and still, the social expectations play on. Yeah, that was, all right. that was an impactful episode. That was really good with the concubine-surf combo. Concu-surf was really good. Yeah. 
so what you're going to see here is more of the surf than the concubine and in, in this aspect of it because mike tyson was leveraged and this is where we get the bootsy versus uh mike tyson uh versus what you have here is tmz this next clip is from tmz and harvey levin and charles Le- labor labor dear I couldn't I figure out how to pronounce the black. It's the black guy. It's the black guy, oh, on the TMZ, black, so. the black guy in TMZ. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Mo. Not the other black guy, but the black guy. I mean, no, cause I'm, I'm, I made this point. I made this point for a reason. Every time Harvey speaks on race relations, he always has this guy at his flank <laughs> to like, kind of like, Oh, okay. We're cool. I'm, I'm cool to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to hear is, well, I'll let you uh, hear it for yourself. You did a podcast with Boozy, and what you said I thought was great. I mean, I said it, and that's what we wanted to congratulate you on, Mike. I mean, you handled it in such a a, 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 not just classy way, but gentle, and it it felt like you got through to him at the end, and he understood that he was some of the things he's saying were were hateful. You know, um, I was Bootsy at one time. And um, my daughter, um, she flew all the way from Washington, D- no, New York City to L.A., California, where I'm at, just to be there. Because she thought Bootsy was so disrespectful, she had to confront him. Can you imagine that? Hmm. And I'm saying, hey, no, you can't confront. Who do you think you are come down here and confront my guest? You can't do that. Would you? And she said, no, I got to talk to him. Man, this brother is disrespectful to the community. And then, um, oh man, Lati Podier, Lati Podier, yes, <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, do you see what's going on here? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is, this is, first of all. What I see going on is Mike Tyson looking extremely weak when I hear him speak like that. That's the first thing I see. Just doesn't mm-hmm. sound good. Because I don't want to lead you. I just want to. But can I can I get the bell? Ding, ding. Oh. This, this is where it starts. Oh, OK. I'm sorry. We're going into the round here. Yes. Here we go. All right. So this is where it starts. Mike Tyson's daughter, who is part of the LGBT community leverages Mike Tyson's toxic masculinity yeah. to confront Bootsy or allow her to confront Bootsy and with the threat of violence. And this is why I said Mike Tyson's being used as a concu-surf. The great thing in, is, in the, great thing is uh, 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 the white guy Levin runs away with the bank <laughs> with all of this right. crazy stuff. <laughs> He's making it entertainment. <laughs> Right, he makes the entertainment, but and we'll get more into like how she leverages him. But where we stop at seven, let's yeah. go ahead and get into uh, eight. And I'm saying, hey, no, you can't confront. Who do you think you are come down here and confront my guest? You can't do that. Would you? And she said, no, I got to talk to him. Man, this brother is disrespectful to the community. And then, um, so she came and they didn't show it. Well, she came and she confronted him, and um. I was worried because I thought I was going to have to get angry because this is my baby. But um, he conducted himself like a gentleman, and um, it, it, it went okay. It went okay. It didn't go like I anticipated it to go. My daughter has a lot of courage and stuff. 
Well, I, obviously she uh, she passed some of that on to you because I just felt like the the way you handled it was really yeah. well done and and probably the best most effective way to get through to Boozy and you know make him understand that what he was saying was hurtful. So congratulations oh, I love on that. Boosie. Boosie's beautiful as far as I'm concerned. It's just that he got to be he got to win the fight over those demons. He has to win. Can't give in to them. <laughs> oh man. Now you see. This is this was only in my peripheral vision, Mo. I I saw some mm-hmm. of this. It was very very peripheral. Um, I'm glad you're bringing this up because obviously you know me is like okay sports bullcrap. No, I'm not watching. I'm looking at something else. But, but this is much bigger than than you realize, of course. It's way bigger because yeah. before we get into the Mike Tyson and uh, Bootsy interaction, Bootsy was banned from Planet Fitness over his statements in Georgia. Hmm. He was kicked out of Planet Fitness. And it, um, this is a People's Magazine uh, article, and it was said uh, he was kicked out because I think the manager of Planet Fitness was uh, gay, and he didn't like his statements, so he kicked him out. Yeah. And here's the big, here's the kicker right here <laughs> while, while uh, I looked into it. So I always say, more time, better show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um this happened well i won't get into that let's get let's get back to the uh the interaction between bootsy and uh and mike tyson so i want to put something out there and it's called the um crazy cousin effect <laughs> so we have this thing in the black community a crazy brother or whatever where women will confront men and then leverage family members of the, you know against that other man. Oh, really? So they'll come in, be confrontate. Yes, it was actually a famous scene from uh, a famous part of a famous movie called um, "Menace to Society." Yeah. Well, a woman gets pregnant, and the guy doesn't know if it's his or not. He's like, "I don't know. I mean, it ain't my baby." And she has her cousin go confront the guy that she thinks pregnant, and he get, he ends up getting the crap beat out of him. Then he comes back and shoots everybody up. Hopefully that's not a spoiler alert, but it's like a 30-year-old movie. So. Yeah, uh-huh. So, sounds like a nice rom-com. So I think, I think, <laughs> right. So this is a, no, this is a real effect where um, black men are weaponized against each other. And this was done on a very high level where she knew, you heard what Mike said, I thought I was, it was going to go another way. I, I yeah, had to get angry. Get angry, yeah. Right, and then you heard Harvey say, well, she passed her courage on to you. Now, this is a man that gets in the ring yeah. <laughs> with another trained athlete in, in combat sport, but she's passing courage on to him. So, I mean, I'm just showing you, this is very important. That's Harvey. And it, you not- know what that is to me? That's Harvey Levin. In my mind, the way I the way I heard that was, I'm really a little bit above you, Mike Tyson, and I'm telling you that, you know, you got your courage from the kid, really, because now you're a good man. It was it was icky, but that's that's TMZ. That's that's what it is. But it's bigger than TMZ. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than TMZ. So what we're what we're going to do now is we always go back and listen to the real tape. We don't listen to sound clips. So I went to uh, Mike Tyson's podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Yeah, this is what and I this saw. This is where um, Bootsy was invited to be on, and. Let's get into, uh, I think you like homosexuals one. I 
I'm 37. I ain't young. Like you, I, I watch everything. He said he's 37. He's 37 looking good for fucking Hey, hey. Baby, nigga, you don't know hey, nothing about it. Sit down, Bootsy, Bootsy, sit down, bro. Oh, well, Bootsy, check this right. out, right? Who are you? I guess who are you? What happened? What happened to you to make you the way you are? Uh, you know, I, I come from the slums, you know, bad No, no I know we all come from the slums, yeah. but it's something about the slums. Like, it's something, no, about, let's talk about me. All yeah. Right. Um, uh, let's see. I'm from the slums too. You know what blew my mind when somebody I had a hat. My mother bought me a hat in the '70s. The Robin Hood hat was a really fly hat to have. I must have been nine or something. But for some reason, I had an innate I like style. I like clothes. It's out of the blue. I like clothes. And somebody punched me in my face. He became my good friend too eventually. But he punched me in my face and took my hat, and that blew my mind. Hmm. That blew my mind. And ever since then, um. I didn't understand world and people would pick on me, take my money. I became um, not a nice person. I hurt people and I, ooh, it was just really bad stuff. But if what happened, how did you, that's who I am now. I'm an insecure kid. I'm really scared all the time, but everybody thinks I'm fucking fearless. Mm. Yeah. So what you heard at, what you heard at the very beginning of the clip, you maybe can go back and listen to it if you want to, but you heard Bootsy saying, I'm 35 years old. I've seen it all. You know what I'm saying? I've seen everything. So you have this interaction between two black men from different generations. So right. we always talk about the generational war. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of it. Now, I think Mike Tyson's like 54. Bootsy is like 30-something, maybe 40. Uh, I think he said 35, if I'm not, not mistaken. But if this conversation would have happened 10 years ago and not in a podcast studio, right? but on a street corner might have ended ugly this is how it ends <laughs> this is how it this is how it works you have an older man trying to son a younger man and that younger man feel like he's being disrespected he's like sit down you don't know nothing you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. and then the way he comes at him like you know who are you you know that kind of thing so we got to go back to back to the shooters uh throwback clip uh me excuse me throwback show 48 and this is from a local report from a Chattanooga station on black on black crime. When it comes to black on black crime in Chattanooga, gang task force community outreach coordinator Fred Hauser has seen it all. Hauser believes the problems unfolding on the streets don't start on the streets, but rather at home where offenders come from broken families with little or no guidance. People often point back to the family. Well, uh, when I was coming up, it was a primary family, the mother and father, but it was also everybody in the neighborhood that represent the family. That structure, you know, has, uh, has broken down. And age does play a role. That was confirmed by a man who admits to being gang associated. For his protection and the protection of his family, we agreed to hide his face and alter his voice. It's a, um, a, a, a myth that, you know, the older you get and then being in the game, you know what I'm saying, the more power and respect you got. It ain't about that no more, you know what I'm saying? It's about the nigga who out here putting in the most work, you know what I'm saying? Nigga who pistol play heavy, you know what I'm saying? Nigga who got a name for itself. So these young nigga be 16, 17 years old and be telling 30, 40 year old grown what to do. Ah, okay, I see the problem. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You don't <laughs> want to get old in the gang anymore. This is not the way to no, go. No, you don't, because no. with, from Mike's era, it was about fists, right? I mean, who had the nicest hands. 
But this younger generation, maybe starting with Boosie age, it was about who you're saying, as the gentleman said, whose pistol play was the heaviest, yep. who was quick to pull out. And that's why we call it label that show the shooters, because it was similar to the wild, wild west in the 1800s yep. about, you know, um, the, the culture around guns. So I, I laid that out because I'm showing they put these two men and pit them against each other. And it could have went way left. Luckily, these two men have matured to the point where they can sit down and have a civil conversation and it stays civil. But I want to talk about a larger phenomenon, like I said, is the crazy cousin scenario where a woman confronts a man, she physically sometimes, and then she brings in her crazy cousin that either you have to harm him or he harms you. (laughs) Right. And that's exactly what his daughter did. And I have proof of it, and we'll get more into that. But let's go back to the conversation between Bootsy and Mike Tyson in Clip 11. So what do you want to listen? Oh, this is what I want to think. How do you feel about other people's feelings? You know, you offend a lot of people. You talk about fucking um, gay motherfuckers, homos, and fags. No, uh, no, a lot of times I need to shut the fuck up. It's just, it's just... Why don't you? I don't know, man. It'd be hard. Why do you say things about um person that, you, uh, that might be a homosexual? Why do you say that about them? Do you feel the possibility that you're a homosexual and you might disrespect them? You furthers yourself from being a homosexual or thinking you may like homosexuals? <laughs> nah, nah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight as an arrow. I'm just saying, you know... I'm not I saying did, you are, but why I, I do you really, have, I really, if you're straight, why do you I really, people? I really, I really, I really commented on, on, on the Dwayne Wade situation yeah. because I got offended because cause it's a child. You know, that's why I, I really got offended, you know. And uh, that's why I really said, if it was a, if it was a motherfucking 19-year-old, 18-year-old grown person, I, I probably wouldn't. I know I wouldn't have said nothing. Oh, why did you but say But I felt child? like he, I felt like, you know, I'm just saying, hey, you know, I'm not judging you. Yeah. I don't ever think I'm here judging you. I'm just trying to understand you. Yeah. You know, and I, and and I, I got some demons. You ain't in my world when it comes to demons. Yeah. Okay, but yes, tell me why. It was just like, you know, I just felt like, you know, that's a child. I felt like a child ain't, 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 ain't at 12 can't make that decision. I, I, I felt like, I felt like that's just how I felt. Wow, man. So Mike's kid really did a number on him, too. Yeah. A real yeah. number. Handle him. He was handled. Yeah. 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 Got yeah. him all charged up, gave him the talking points, and then sent him in there on Bootsy. But it gets worse. But, I, but just, just say, if I can say, it's the first time I think I've really heard this accusation. This is a very common accusation. Oh, if you're, and, and, and it's, it turns out to be quite true often. Uh, certainly with mm-hmm. politicians who make a lot of anti-gay or uh, not pro-gay legislation, um, you know, it, regardless of what what it is, if they're closeted and then it comes out and it's like, oh, my God, the people who yell the loudest about it are are typically gay. But that's not true, but it's it's now been used in this situation. And I don't think I've actually ever seen it used as a teaching moment because that's what Mike Tyson is trying to do here in uh, at the puppet hand of his kid. Yeah. And you notice Boosie picked up what Mike was putting down mm-hmm. because Mike never really went to the Dwayne Wade subject. 
No, but that's what, that's what like, this is about. Right, but he knew where he was headed, and you can see Bootsy kind of de- trying to defuse the situation. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I need to shut the f up sometimes." You know, yeah, Mike, you're right. And he was like, he wanted just to let it pass by, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> when Mike, Mike Tyson says, to you, point, "When Mike Tyson's smoking weed and says, you 'You've got to tell me.'" Okay, Mike. I'll tell you what. what (laughs) Okay, what what is this angry thing you were talking about? Yeah, Mike. Whatever you need to know, I'll tell you. And that's that's how black men are leveraged as serfs. Now you see the concuserve. You're the muscle. You're the you're the attack dog, Mm -hmm. and we pull you out when we need you to get other men into line. Whether it's through the media, with hot tech lynching, or whether it's through the threat of physical violence. This is what you have. Mm. Finally, that was the end of the interaction. So, <clears throat> Boosie pops back up on the DJ Vlad show, and he kind of does a account, his account of what transpired and what happened in that interaction between him and Mike Tyson. We can't start this interview without mentioning your interview with Mike Tyson. <laughs> We have to talk about that. I got a lot of questions, but the Mike Tyson thing, I think, has to be front and center. Now, after the interview came out, and this interview was old, was old, because I remember when you and Mo3 were on promo tour. That was, like, way early in the year. That was before the pandemic, I think. Yeah, right before the, yeah, before the pandemic. Right, so this is, what, like March or something? Yeah. Whew. Okay, so nine months later, this interview comes out. And Tyson did a couple of interviews. You know, I just did one with him, and he mentioned this as well. Is that before he did the interview with you, and he was telling his family, "Oh, I'm going to meet with Boosie." His daughter, who uh, is gay herself, was like, "Oh, you're interviewing Boosie. I am flying down to L.A. to confront him over his alleged homophobic comments." So. You know, putting that in perspective, when I saw the way Tyson was speaking to you, I think that was the battery in his back. It was it was his child, which which makes sense. Right, right, right. right. So so tell me what led up to this interview and when you sat down with him, how things kind of went. All right. DJ Vlad on the tip. All right. So now I got to lay out the timeline to show you this is deeper than a Mike Tyson, Zaya Wade situation. Because that Zaya Wade, the episode where uh, Dwayne Wade spoke about it on Ellen aired on February 11th. The episode of Mike Tyson's uh, podcast premiered on October 23rd. <laughs> yeah. Why do you wait nine, m- m- nine months, 10 months to talk about this subject? Well, makes no sense. Unless well, there's something else we needed to kick off or get going. I think we do. All right. So I went back to the trending. So I told you more time, better show. Cause I can really dig into the numbers. Guess what was trending on October 15th, 2020 uh, ice cube. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Two weeks before the election. Yes. So the message went out target on black men. This uh, um, premieres October 23rd. Guess what was trending October 21st? Hashtag blame black men. Mm, That went quick. Now that's a hell of a coincidence 
And then you have this Bill Cosby mugshot show up. Yeah, you, yeah. Hell of a coincidence that he calls Bootsy in and says, "Hey, yeah, I want, I want to talk to you about something." Right, and it, it, and it becomes his hit. And this was all politically motivated. You're, uh, I'm presuming, it being just before the election, October twenty first. Yeah, October twenty third. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. I mean, this is big. This is way bigger. Getting everybody in the line. Than, right. Get the black men in the line. They're they're thinking on their own. You can't have that. You know. Um. And that's you know that's how it went. So. We're going to get into um, part two of this Vlad interview with uh, with Bootsy. Really, led, nothing led up to it. They just say Tyson wanted to interview you. I'm like, you know, I ain't really know Tyson be interviewing motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, I want to interview me Tyson. <laughs> so, uh, when I got there, you know, when I got there, we got the interviewing. You know, it seemed like he was passionate about that situation. Like he was, he kept going back to that situation, you know, and uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm telling them like, you know, like I don't agree with it, you know, and uh, but the interview was weird, bro. It it it, it, it was weird. Uh, I even went to asking him questions, you know, and uh. But they took a lot of stuff out the interview. But he was—he seemed like he was passionate about it. And after that, me and his daughter went on interview. His daughter came and interviewed me. She like, Dad, I want to interview him. I want to—I want to—I want to ask him some questions right now. I say, Come on, come on. Oh man! So they—they even—they uh, massaged the whole thing. They edited it. They got the clips. They launched those on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's the kid doing? What, who's the kid affiliated with? She, I can't find any. I can't even find her name. Mm. <laughs> it's not like she's. It's not like she's as big active as anything. I mm-hmm. think, like I said, I think she had the battery put in her back. Yeah, and she put the battery in her dad's back. What does she do? No, and, is she she working. I don't know. Like I said, I can't even find her name. Which, I mean, none, none of the articles I read, it just says Tyson's daughter. Tyson's daughter. Tyson's daughter. It doesn't <laughs> mean mention her name. It's it's very weird. And if you notice, Boosie says, I didn't back down from Mike, but if you listen to Harvey on TMZ, he uh, uh, said that you got through to him. You, edu- right. you know what I'm saying? Basically, you educated him. Yes. And that's not the case at all, but that's hey, here's the, the great, media narrative. Here's the great thing, Mo. You look at the Wikipedia for Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it always has, so spouses, you know, it's got a one, two, three. Children, eight. Right. <laughs> Usually every single kid is listed on Wikipedia. It's got eight kids. Not a single one is listed. I cannot find her name. Because I was going to look into her. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as I could, but it, it didn't exist. So. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm just telling you, this is how, and it's very dangerous, the pitting to get black man against the black man. And that's the, the reason why I did this was because of the verses that we did last week. It was the same thing. People hope to see something bad happen between Jeezy and Gucci. Right. That's why two million people tuned in. Let's be honest here. But at the same time, it was actually a really, a really good uh, versus. But it was a complete. Uh, it was hijacked for political reasons. In comes Stacey Abrams with the, 
with her little bit and everything. As in, he comes Mike Tyson's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> nine months later, to meet. Let me say what I think, and I'm like I said, I, it could be a Space Jam reach, maybe not. But I'm just saying, when you line these things up across the timeline, it just makes no sense why you want to talk about a, le- a nine month old story. Yeah. All of a sudden, but it's like we need to throw every negative black man out there the last week before the election, last two weeks before the election, to get them back in formation. And that's how that's how I see it. That's how I took it. So, I mean, this what they say, perception is reality. So that's how it was perceived to me mm-hmm. is that black men get back in your space. So, um, so I, I, we have a part three. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, let's go ahead and get into part three. You know, so she got in there. She, uh, she on something. Let me tell you what she on. Do you know how many people you are of? Do you know what's going on in, no, she was saying stuff like, do you know what's going on in the transgender world right now? And do you know how many people are committing suicide and dying? So I would tell her, do you know what's going on with black people right now? We're getting shot down. We're getting, they got so many single mothers out there. And when she would shoot that at me, I would shoot that at her. So basically, she was saying the things that she was passionate about. And I was saying the things that I was passionate about. And she couldn't feel me. And, and I guess she was saying I couldn't feel her. But I was telling her I have no ill wills towards that. But I was telling her, you're talking about that. Well, let me, I'm talking about this also. I feel like this is a bigger subject that's close to my heart. So we didn't see eye to eye, so she got up and walked out. Hmm, Ramsey. I think it's Ramsey Tyson. Oh, is that, is that what it is? I had to do, open a file on her. Yeah. Because I find this, <laughs> I, find, I find this fascinating um, that, this is another example. We we talked about the CompuServe, but this is also the sacrifice, right? This is the black man being the sacrifice. She's trying to elevate her community, which you clearly, she sees her community, first community as the LGBT community, not the black community. She's trying to elevate that into whiteness at the sacrifice of a black man. Like I guess that wow. could have went. That, wow. And I'm going to give you an example how left it could have went. You know who was in the studio with Bootsy that day? Mo three, he's dead now. What happened to Mo three? Gang, gang line, gangland style murder. This mm. mm. one, I mean, that could <laughs> just like that. What you saying? What you saying? Right, <laughs> that's now, all it takes. What you saying? What you saying? Yeah, shoot. I'm, and they play with us like pawns. And and the reason why I say that is I went to Pink News. I'm not a frequent subscriber to this uh, website. Uh, this is, I think, it's for, the, for the LGBT community. And this is the headline from Pink News. Mike Tyson had to stop his daughter from knocking out bigoted, anti-LGBT plus rapper Bootsy Badass. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. the headline. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were very impacted by uh, 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we really got into a lot of um, the music culture. Right. And uh, so when you hear this, uh, and not just the music culture, but, 
you know, the idea of what's being played on the radio and then the comparison between, well, would you like to have this whole catalog of, uh, of songs that, uh, that are uh, men killing women? No, nah, I don't want that. You know, but black men killing black men? Yeah, I'll play all those songs. This is where you, it comes into view. When you see how the entertainment yes. industry, well, I, I'm reiterating, I'm, I mean, I, I know some of this inherently, but I was in the entertainment business so long, and when I started doing other things, I, I really turned a blind eye towards most of it. And I'm glad you're focusing mm-hmm. me a bit on it, because it, these things have meaning and reason, and it's probably all uh, part of a much bigger show. And if you look at it, it's so many black, young black men, not to go back to 55, just uh, an exchange of words, an expectation to be something that society wants them to be. Mm -hmm. And it it just turns into something that it shouldn't. And then on the other hand, these same people, just as since we're on the Mike Tyson subject, there was a there was a celebrity exhibition between Mike Tyson and um, Roy Jones, Jr., yeah, um, another one and, I and didn't on the watch. Undercard, <laughs> huh? Another another fight I did not watch. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Um, but 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 people wanted to see blood sport, right? People wanted to see Roy Jones get killed by Mike Tyson. I mean, that's the I mean. Right. That's what uh, Mike Tyson allure is him killing people, but he didn't do in, it in, in the ring. He didn't kill him. Right. But but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the undercard. So you had uh, Nate Robinson, a former basketball player, and I ah, uh, what's the guy's name? Paul, uh, one of the he's a famous YouTuber. Uh, something Paul. Oh, uh, anyway, yeah the the guy who uh, uh, who was in the forest uh, filming where people hung themselves. Jake Paul, right? Jake Jake Paul. Paul right? Why do so I even Jake know this? Paul, <laughs> no, it's 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 pertinent to the story. So yeah, um, Mike. I mean, um, Jake Paul knocks out Nate Robson cold. I mean, like internet meme worthy knockout and. You have uh, uh, Jamel Hill and her co co star on this show saying, "Isn't it racist for a white man to knock out a black man?" Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so racist. I, I wasn't going to cover Wait, it, but I'm just going to show you. Do you have this clip where she says that? <laughs> I do not have the clip. It's, it, you can easily find it. I mean, it's all over. And like I said, I didn't want to really bring that, but I'm just since you made that point. It's this weird connection if it's okay for black people to harm black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if a white man harms a black man, yeah. I, I mean, and, and now you, get to, and now you get to the crux of uh, just briefly. The, the reason why I said earlier another fight I didn't see is I talked to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. about this too. It's like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like violence in that regard at all. I don't want to see any any men hitting any other men. I don't I don't I don't get it. It's not me. It's not in my nature. It's I'm not typical, I think. But mm-hmm. uh when you look at what you just said, when you look at it that way, it's like, yeah, why is it okay for two black guys to go beat each other up? But then a white guy comes in and it's wrong. Oh my god. None of it's good in my book, but yeah, and I'm crazy. not a big UFC. I'm I'm a, I'm a boxing fan. I like boxing cuz I mean, I think it's a Probably the, some of the greatest athletes. I mean, try holding your hands up for three minutes <laughs> you know, and punching. So, I mean, those guys are well-trained and conditioned, but it's always this pitting against each other. So, I guess we can wrap up with this with number 15 um, and the final clip in this uh, versus. Okay, was Tyson in the room when this was happening? Yeah. 
Okay. And I remember he talked about this, I think, on TMZ. He said, yeah, you know, he was kind of concerned over you and his daughter kind of going at it because, you know, he's still he's still the father. And he was worried that he might react himself if things started to just kind of get out of hand. But was he pretty much cool and controlled, though? Yeah, he was cool. Like, Mike was cool. Like, you know, after the interview, we took pictures. Like, <laughs> he, he was straight, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a G, bro. Like, you know, like, if, if, if I feel, if we're in the interview, I'm going to speak my mind. I don't care who they this ain't no boxing match. You know, this a <laughs> this an interview. And you know, she won't, you know, she won't she won't she won't talk to me and I'ma talk. You know, I I'ma talk and um we just didn't see eye to eye on the situations. But uh after that me and Tyson was good, you know, I didn't speak to his daughter after that, but uh she was pretty angry, but me and Tyson we chat we we spoke, you know, it it wasn't nothing. How old was his daughter? <laughs> oh, man. And, and wow. a quote from Tyson in that same article from uh, Pink News, he said, I was watching her. She wanted to physically grab this guy and start attacking this guy. Hmm. So she brought that energy into the room. Boosie loses his cool. Mike Tyson attacks him Every, in another universe. It could have went down this Very way. bad. Very, very bad. Even her being there was a very bad idea. Right. Even Mike knew it was because he told her from the TMZ interview, you're not coming out here to confront my artist, but she leveraged him as a surf. Cocky surf. There it is. Mm. <laughs> Man. Poor Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike. But Mike always has been used, in my, I would think, but I'm not going to say too much about that because... Uh, that's my because because Don Don King has nothing to say on the matter. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right. So that was segment one, and I guess this would be a good time for us to explain what uh, we do here at Mo Facts with Adam Curry. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro, and the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. And this is the only thing we ever do 100% on the mark every single time. We don't hold back. We uh, ask and tell exactly what's on our minds. It's crazy. Some people can't handle it. Most can. And, <laughs> and those that can are the ones who are producers of MoFax with Adam Curry. Um, going against this narrative is not popular with advertisers. It's not popular with, uh, with Mike Tyson's kid. You know, we'd be deplatformed in a heartbeat just talking about this in a counterproductive way if we were on a, um, a, a mainstream stage, if, uh, if, we, if we were using YouTube. All these things are very, very dangerous, so we do it here. We do it with your help and with your input as well. Uh, we love what our producers have to say. We love our producers going out and uh, turning more people onto the show, and we had a great kickoff year, and uh, 2021 is going to be even better. I can feel it. We've got lots of big things coming up for us. And yes, and I'd like to thank our executive producers and associate executive producers for episode number 56. Again, all we ask for is whatever you think the show is worth to you. Did you learn something? Did your kids learn something? Uh, did it open your eyes? Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Was it just entertaining? Translate that into a in dollar amount. Doesn't matter what it is. You determine your own value. 
All we can do is just appreciate everything that you're doing in return. And we kick it off with our top donor. Now, it has been uh, a number of weeks. So this, uh, my goodness, this came in mid-December. Has it been that long, Mo? This yes. is nuts, man. No, but I, I, yeah, I, almost, it was a month. I almost feel rusty. I mean, you and I talk, you know, from time to time. We'll have a nice chat for an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We're dreaming, talking about stuff, not necessarily show-related. But... Um, yeah, I missed this. I really did. <laughs> I, I hope everyone else missed it. And as I was telling you pre-show, I mean, I was I was amped to get here, but I'll I'll get more into what happened after this donation segment or what's going on. So, yeah, you were all you um, were all jitty before we started. All right, let's go to Brad R. King. <laughs> uh, three hundred forty-four dollars and thirty-three cents, which is incredibly uh, generous of you, Brad. Thank you. His note: the Trappers Delight Show was impressive. Yeah, and I just mentioned that, but I too was blown away and i i, I kind of love how most dragging me back into show business i kind of swore it off but i'm paying <laughs> attention now um southern playlist uh southern playlist i got that i got that southern playlist is cadillac funky music what is that oh that oh that outcast. oh that's outcast First record yeah, yeah 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 there you go well that was one the of his favorite records that was one of his favorite albums growing up Kids are mean. Sports and listening to rap were my outlet. Your show is so good in so many ways. I'm learning, understanding my past and current mindset and more. It's deep. Love you guys. Same to all the No Agenda fam. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Brad. Thank you so much. Benjamin Nidus, 133.33, throwing some magic numbers in our face. Finally became a Viscount of San Francisco. Now it's time to get rid of my deadbeat status. The last episode that ended with that overproduced Minna clip... And Adam's unique perspective on the old Catholics in action was dope. <laughs> wow. I like it when people pay attention that way. That's very cool. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. Thanks for helping us uh, uh, helping us all do the work, you two. Wait. Hel- thanks for helping us all do the work, you two. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Well, you're, you're welcome. And, uh, and keep that good work up. And let me D-deadbeat you here. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. I just want to say Happy New Year to uh, Dame Jennifer, who uh, has been along for the ride. That was her, de-deadbeating, and she'll be she'll be doing the, it. The official voice and narrator of... Uh, of Mofax. Yes, indeed. Curtis Collins, 101. Merry Christmas, gents. I'm from ATL. Thug Motivation, 101, and Trap House were staples. Also, love 3-6 Juve Pimp C etc i know i'm mm-hmm. sounding extremely out of touch when i read these <laughs> and i'm enjoying it <laughs> blow <Continue>. me mo <laughs> hey man if you want to know about no, lawrence no, okay. welk i've got all his albums okay <laughs> episode 55 is a lot okay now you got to explain some of this because I, I i'm not i'm not catching all the jargon okay tell me about the 55 is, is it- a lot so it's a lot yeah it's it's all uppercase i guess he meant the length of it i guess he meant the length because we we did do a marathon episode we went about four hours on that one okay now now i'm 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 looking for code that isn't there all right 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 (laughs) jk but so many great yeah it was long but who cares so many great nuggets especially love the mind trap change yourself be reflective of things that don't agree with you changing of the physical mo check out awful records which is atlla I know you appreciate clean beats. A lot on your plate. Father is a good start. 
Also, Jesus is the one. I got depression. Kenny Beats and Zach Fox. And we dive at dawn. Ice Station Zebra. Peace and love, Kurt and Jen. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Kurt and Jen, for making me look very unhip. <laughs> you know, that's that's karma. That's karma, karma, karma for, for uh, what? What did I do wrong? The, 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 the misreading on the, the N.A. show of uh, cities and names. So, I mean, like, it's the, it's, it's the universe coming back for you. When, when wow. It, so. I, you know, I hadn't even considered that. Hmm. Yep. Man. By the way, did you hear John? <laughs> You hear John on the last yes. show? He's like, you're going to yes. replace me with Mo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, little does he know. Oh, I well. can never. No, John can C. Never. Dvorak is not replaceable. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, yes, it is a weird karma, but I'll take it. Cameron Hunter, also an executive producer, episode number 56, who would like to hear a Woosa Wowie. Do we have a Woosa Wowie? Do we have two? A Woosa Wowie? We don't think we have a Wowie. I don't know about the Woosa Wowie. I think we got a Woosa, but not a Woosa Wowie. Hmm. Uh, that last episode was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. I'm still picking up pieces of my brain from up of the floor. Mo, the way you structure episodes from the opening to end uh, to the end song, it's really something. As a guy living in Scotland where the population is something like 97% white, I don't understand black culture one single bit, but damn, I do understand and see underhand tactics and journalists with snipers going in for their next kill. Uh, Scoop, he says. Sorry. Anyways, (laughs) I'm going to pick out some chairs and bring my friends to the table. And Adam, thank you very, very much for your courage, my friend. No doubt you could have made big effing bucks somewhere, but I hope you know and feel how important the work you are doing is. Love and light. Thank you very much, Cameron. Um, Maybe, but uh, I'll tell you for sure, all the work I've done, this show is the most fulfilling in my career. So here you go. We'll give you a woosa. 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 Nothing like a good woosa. Tyler Boyd. I'm sorry. Yes. uh, Tyler Boyd, $100. My favorite thing about MoFax are the in-depth personality profiles of powerful people like Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. Keep it up. Yeah, these are fun episodes to do. Uh, the, the ones we highlight, like 45 Savage was a good staple. Um, I'm sure we'll, do, mm-hmm. we'll be doing some of those in, uh, in the coming year. But you never know. Theodora Dorinda Ognea. Agnena, Agnena, uh, Agnena, I think it is. Theodora, yes. Sends a 66 and uh, 6 cents, but no note. But message received, Theodora. Thank you very much for your courage. Carlos Areces, $60. He's not a racist, he's a racist. $60. 60 from Daniel Fletcher. Uh, No note, but of course mentions Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Chris Bailey, uh, 56 for episode 56. So that will be an episode credit right there. Uh, those are fun. The mm-hmm. higher the episode numbers go, the uh, uh, the less people seem to get in them over time. Uh, John Rago will also be in that exclusive club, the uh, fifty six episode 56 club, uh, with $56. Love what you two are doing. You've been educating and entertaining me on stuff I never knew and I needed to know. Oh, you're in my boat, Ryan. John Taylor, birthday karma on the 19th. Well, we'll uh, we can give you some mo karma for that. <laughs> You've got... Mo Carmen. How, how about a biscuit? Oh, yeah. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. <laughs> there you go, John. <laughs> Chris Bailey, uh, 55. We're going to put him in the uh, 56 club since I'm sure it just came in late. 
uh, or we we right. have, yeah, that's not his fault. So we'll add you there. It's a couple of them that way. Can know? I get a goat wusa love and light from Chris Bailey? Yeah, we got a goat wusa for you. <laughs> Extra wusas. A staple on the show, DH Slam of the God, 55. We'll put him in the club as well. Show club donation. May the new year bring you truth, elimination, guns, mags, and ammo. From your lips to God's ears, DH Slam of the God, thank you very much always for being here and for being here for us. Um, now, I'm sorry, we're actually, these are also associate executive producers, and we'll add Cameron White to that with $50. Thanks for the value. Love the show, and we send it right back to you, Cameron. Thank you for the value you just gave us. Curtis Thomas with $50. Hey, Mo and Adam. I'm listening to episode 55. Apparently, there's another Curtis who donates to the show. Always nice to come across another one. Thanks for the not the hip-hop show, hip-hop show. This is a step in the right direction for sure. <laughs> Wait, who did we have the other, other Curtis? Uh, maybe it's Curtis Collins he was talking about. I wonder. We have Highawker with $50. Highawker uh, says, thanks for the knowledge and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Michael Kapliki. Been listening since the beginning. This was way overdue. Thanks for the shows. Mike, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Adam Choi, associate executive producership with $50. And he says, hey, Mo and Adam really enjoyed Trapper's Delight. Willie D of the Ghetto Boys was recently on JRE. And he spoke about how hip hop used to be very positive, upbeat, skillful. But at some point, uh, there was what he called a conspiracy by execs in boardrooms Oh, man, I, I, I know this story. I love this story. A concerted mm-hmm. effort to stifle and suppress the positivity and talent and promote the message of criminal elements, drugs, bling, etc. of the less talented artists. He said he was putting together a documentary that is to be released soon with interviews and proof of such conspiracy. It is really interesting to hear from Willie D about the top-down, corporate executive-driven influence and the bottom-up history and evolution of trap music and culture from Mo and how both have impacted and molded the music we hear today and what goes on behind the scenes. Really enjoying the pod. <sighs> Thanks for all the good work. Can I get a woosa? Yeah, you can get a woosa. Of course you can. Woosa. What you're actually seeing is is uh, I, the way I feel it is, is, and even some episodes before uh, Trapper's Delight, the whole scheme is being revealed for you. Not just that one board meeting, which you, know, you can find that on the internet, you can read about this. Um, I think there's pieces of that puzzle that I can help put together, just from being more on the inside of the music business. But for sure, things have changed a lot since... Hip hop, the hibbit to the hip, hip hop, and you don't stop a rocking. So, yeah, definitely stuff has happened. And we appreciate you supporting us, Adam. Chef Elvis, Elvis Rosenberg, $50. He says, great show, and we thank you for your great donation. And with that, we wrap up the executive producers and associate executive producers for episode number 56 of MoFax with Adam Curry. Uh, we'll be thanking a couple more people uh, when we uh, come back a little bit later on in the show. And a, uh, a an appeal to you for your time, your talent, and your treasure, and anything you can add to the uh, to the program. Uh, we're both pretty accessible on email, and Mo is certainly all over uh, all over the Twitter and uh, Instagram. No, you don't do Instagram; you do YouTube. That's that's your main thing. You, no, I'll do both. You do Instagram. I'm not active. I'm mean, I dip and dive in both of them. So yeah, I'm not a real uh, heavy uh, user. Did you get that uh, before I continue? Did you get my text yes. about uh, NewTube, that app? The one you just sent me? Yeah. Earlier? Yeah. Yeah. 
can you can you can you install that? Were you able to install? Were you able to see it or not? Because that's uh, that's like that's like your ahead. YouTube hack, man. That's your that's your that's your uh, your bootleg YouTube app. Because you can run it in the background, and you can do the comments and everything. You will love this app. I would definitely look into it because uh, a lot of people saying YouTube is asshole. So, um, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> YouTube is definitely asshole. Uh, to finish it up, if you want to support us, uh, please go to mofax.com. You can find a lot at mofax.com. Uh, if you want to go directly to the donation page to support us, it'll be mofundme.com. And uh, we're getting stuff set up, and we'll, we may uh, uh, talk about it on the next episode. Uh, but we're going to try mm-hmm. and go a little more, a uh, little more futuristic on the show, and so we'll be looking at uh, Bitcoin and taking Bitcoin payments um, and supporting uh, that movement as well. Uh, I didn't have to do much to con- to convince Moth. That was your idea. I think it was your yeah. wasn't it your idea? You said, "Hey, let's do yeah, let's was- do this at Bitcoin." <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a very good idea. Well, of course, everything will stay open. We would never want to reject anything, but this show is from the future. We might as well give that money from the future a shot as well. So again, mofax.com. Go straight to the donation page at M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And thank you for supporting episode and producing episode number 56. All right. So we wrapped up the first uh, match. And I guess we can go ahead into the second match. And this is... This is a matchup between two super producers, Kanye West versus Diddy. And I don't know if you've checked uh, Twitter today, but right now my Twitter feed is just tweets from Donald Trump and Kanye West. (laughs) Kanye is getting kind of political. He tweeted, my MAGA hat is signed, followed by 30 fire emojis. Now, that is fitting, because that is how many times I would set that hat on fire. (laughs) I think... Signed. That is an aside. I think Kanye's lobbying for a job as Trump's new communications director. He could just change his name to Kellyanne Kanye. But the height of Kanye's Trump praise has got to be when he tweeted, you don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals, and we have the right to independent thought. Yes, we have the right to independent thought, and I independently think that Kanye has lost his mind. (laughs) You know what, Kanye? You You know what? Donald Trump is your brother, it is true. I am your brother too. And brother to brother, I just want to say, put the phone down. <laughs> oh, Stephen so shut Colbert. up, Kanye. Yes, big time <laughs> shut up. Well, this that's the it's always so twisted when they go after Kanye. And then there always comes a period after that of, oh, well, you know, we should be a little more sensitive because he's clearly having episodes. You know, people are diagnosing him <laughs> with no with no reason or no no grounds to do that. It's very bizarre how he's handled. And he he, he is he's tungsten, man. He's a, he bounces off him. Yeah, he, he's, he's bulletproof. Uh, he's council proof. Um, but I want to read the blurb to you. And this is goes more to like the demasculation uh, that we talked about in the first segment. 
This is the actual blurb from the YouTube video I snagged this from. Two men most famous for loving themselves decide to branch out and try to love each other. <laughs> and you, any and you window there, maybe I'm reaching, but I'm I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, mocking Kanye mental state. Uh, black man's got to be crazy to think for himself. So uh, you probably wonder how I'm gonna versus uh, Kanye West versus Diddy, and this is more of a political pundit you know slash political activists uh that's what that's the the uh battle we're gonna have here between these two so kanye west and diddy we both covered them uh on show four uh, kanye has been on two shows actually 13 and then he had a mini uh segment on uh 46 46 which was a pop pollock show and then we covered diddy in 35 so what we're gonna do a little background between kanye and diddy and then we're going to get into the conflict uh, between the two. So what does the left do in response to Kanye West? How do you make Kanye West shut up? The short answer is you can't. So you work to discredit him. You go ad hominem. You ignore what he's saying. You attack him as a person. You don't engage with his ideas. You know you would lose if you tried that. So instead, you try to keep people from listening to him. It's an easier job when you're dealing with less famous people. Thanks to our centrally controlled internet, the left can usually silence dissent in an instant with the press of a button. But with prominent wrong thinkers like Kanye West, censorship requires a finer touch, more artistic flair. In Kanye West's case, they decided to attack him as mentally ill. You hear that a lot now, but it's a relatively new tactic. It was just a little over four years ago that CNN published a piece about Kanye West. They highlighted his most famous moments, like the time he interrupted Taylor Swift at the MTV Video Music Awards. CNN described all these incidents as, quote, controversial. But there was no mention of Kanye West being a danger to himself, much less mentally ill. No, just controversial. Not a problem. And then West appeared to say something positive about Donald Trump, and everything changed in an instant. Kanye West became a babbling lunatic, the kind of guy who pulls imaginary insects out of the air and soils his own pants. <laughs> a total nutcase. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. about right. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, but we see how Fox News <laughs> is leveraging Kanye. It's like, okay, now, yeah, he's safe now. We can use him. Of course, uh, which course. Pro- he w- he was crazy when he was uh, interrupting Taylor Swift and 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 things that nature to Fox News. So it's like, oh, now he's he's valuable to us now. So it's just it's just amazing the the high tech lynching that goes on with figures like him of uh, being called crazy and people laughing and. I mean, if you heard in the, in the uh, it, it, Stephen Colbert is, clip when they say he's out of his mind, they, ha, ha, ha. But even beyond right. this, I mean, I hang out, I mean, because I don't hang out with them, but I, you know, there's uh, there's young young girls who, uh, you know, hang out, mm-hmm. my stepdaughter, my own daughter, uh, and, you know, it, the ones in the U.S. who are very woke, uh, they're, they're super woke, they have no problem making fun of Kanye West, you know, like, oh, he's, he's nuts. Whereas if anyone has any kind of issue, we have to be sensitive and, and, and not, not triggering. Oh, my gosh. How long have we talked about not triggering someone? And I have mentally, I need a mental health day. But then for some reason, you know, and by the way, it's the same with Candace Owens. You got a book of Candace Owens laying around. <laughs> it's like, oh, Can- oh Candace Owens. Ah. You know, it's, so it's it's programmed. It is 
very deep this programming these are these, this is not even programming these are just triggers i think all this this deep programming is is in the psyche already of people this is just stuff to make mm-hmm. it keep it going keep it fresh yeah and it's it's the hypocrisy too that all oh, black man thinking for himself he got to be crazy you know i mean that that's it, it's 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 troubling is what it is so um, to continue on with the the coverage of Kanye, we had to go back to show thirteen, and that was uh, deconstructing deconstructing Kanye, and this was the interview with uh, him and Big Boy. Are you afraid of losing your audience? Yay. I told you I'm only afraid of God. I'm only afraid of my daddy, God. Mm-hmm. I done been 15 years. I'm telling you, God is showing that you can have your own thoughts, bro. I've been canceled before there was cancel culture. Who told you that my career would be over? The same people that are telling you that you can't have a right to say who you will vote for, those people will be soon to take Jesus out of school. Those people will be soon to remove Jesus, period, from America, which is the Bible Belt. Those people will be soon, man, come on, man. I ain't finna go Alex Jones level on y'all, man. Come on, man. What y'all want? Like... Wake up! Wake up, Mr. West! Wake up, culture! Wake up! Everybody think they so woke, but they following the rules of what woke's supposed to be. Hip-hop ain't never been about following rules. It's been about doing what you feel. I'm going to take the Louis, I'm going to throw it like this. I'm going to do it with the polo, I'm going to do it like this. Even like the way I talk. Hold on. Let me use my African-American voice. Let me use my Disney-approved voice. Let me use- You know what I'm saying? We're not even speaking in our own language, bro. Like, we talk louder than this. Africans talk loud. Italian moms talk loud. We talk louder, but we speak in our corporate voice. Or we don't want to ruin the deal voice. Or this why... Bro, I love y'all, man. And I love me. And I love Christ. And y'all should love to see this. I'm not, not going to tell y'all what y'all should do. I'm just doing what I do. If you love it, then cool. If y'all want to rap me, it ain't going to make a difference. Honestly, I done been killed so many times on social media. And I'm still here. I'm still talking. Look at me. I'm glad you do these and the potlucks because I'm just remembering how good that whole interview was. That was really fantastic. I really liked that interview. That was great. That was Kanye at his best. And the funny thing is, is I'll listen to a clip and I'll hear something totally different. Oh, yeah. The second time around or the third time around, then I'll do the first time. And as you saw, you see clips come in even and people want to know. I mean, I work all the way up to (laughs) to the show is starts recording. But what you heard is here. Kanye makes the point. They're trying to take Jesus out of school. They're trying to remove Jesus. You know, um, uh, and then he says, I'm I'm not going to go ask Jones on you. So what you heard there is. The kicking in of self-awareness. Because he knew he had said some things that may be perceived as crazy and him being called crazy, he starts to self-censor and self-edit. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be a good time to get the door. So now oh. I can explain my absence. Okay, hold on Please. a second. Yeah, let me just, uh, it's, a, it's a heavy one. Uh, oh. Hold on a second. Let me just close it. Okay, now it's just us. All right, so people probably wonder where the hell is Mo? It's been a month, you know. 
in these family interactions and gatherings, birthday parties and stuff, I became self-aware of what I was doing with the show and how I was being received. And this is a real phenomenon because this is something that W.E.B. W.E.B. Du Bois or Du Bois or Du Bois, even the pronunciation of that name speaks to the the perception. Hmm. I don't want to say Du Bois because <laughs> I might sound too really? educated. I don't, I don't want to sound Du Bois as you want to sound too dumb. somebody from my right. Really? So I got to hit it just right. Oh. Yes. Oh, that, you hit this. Shall I tell you something? The first time we hit, talked about, yes, about him, about Du Bois. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Now, I, I've had friends who had that last name in Europe, and of course you would pronounce it Du Bois. Uh, mm-hmm. Interestingly, when you said Du Bois, I was just like, that's it? You know, I, that, I took that as the official pronunciation. I didn't even think twice about it, really. But it's it's an actual, and I'm explain to me explain to you what it is, and then we'll go back to his name. So it's the double consciousness, and we talked about this before, or the veil, and way the way he describes is he says describing the double consciousness, describing the double lives a black has to live in order to survive in this country, the uh, the life of a black and the life of an American. So it's this double consciousness: what a black person is expected to be. And what an American expect to be. And then he said he cites that a Negro is sort of a seven son born with the veil, seeing himself through him, his eyes of whites. So I'm seeing myself as who I am, but then it's not really the double consciousness on it's internal, it's external. Like how is people perceiving me? And then how do I perceive how people is perceiving me? And it and it put me in a place. I'm just being, I, ha- I have to be honest with people. And it's like, then you start to think about it. You know, um, when I do this, I don't want to think about it. When I get on this microphone, I don't want to think about it. I want it to come. Come out as it comes out. If it's exactly. And that goes back to his name. Growing up, I knew people with the last name. I'm from rural North Carolina. It was Dubois, like mm-hmm. with a hard do, like mm-hmm. Dubois. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, French proper pronunciation. Uh, this is what Conway saying. In my corporate uh, approved voice is Dubois. You know, if I want to yeah. come across, and, and then you find yourself like somewhere in the middle. Like, what? Well, I want to stay true to this, and I want to stay true to this. I don't want to seem too educated. So, I just want to let people know that this doing this, <laughs> doing That's this work, frees you. It frees me, but they also. There's a weight there. So I had to back up and then I had to say, you know what? Let them rat me. You know what I'm saying? What you going to do to me? I mean, like, but it, I had started to think about it and it's not like, oh, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. No, no, it was just like I had actually started thinking about it because when you tell people what you're doing, what you're working on, like, oh, you know, family and friends and that kind of thing. Like, this is a heavy weight. And I just want to let people know. I mean, like, you get uh, fatigued. I mean, you get tired. Well, when you when uh, you're not, not when you physically when you're not being yourself, then okay. I'm going to make a weird analogy for you, just because we're mm-hmm. talking about okay. Kanye. When Kanye cannot be himself, 
he goes a little batshit crazy. When he can be himself, he does weird shit, but he's himself. And I think that right. that's that's what that's for him, and it may be some of it for you. I know it's for me, and I'll get back to that in a second. That's where mm-hmm. the freedom comes from. My freedom uh, came from not having a boss, and that's where most people learn learn how to put on a corporate voice or a corporate veil or you know some other um, some other mask. And you get good at it, mm-hmm. and you get good at uh, putting on a different mask for a different person. And that was my—that was truly my corporate life. So I, I understand the concept, um, having having the feeling that you need to do that in regular discourse or on, yeah, or or at all, whether you're at work or not. It sucks. A lot of people have to do that. But this is an ex, an extra burden that I find. Uh, well, it sounds to me like you've like you've shed this this burden uh, just from it's 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 aware it's aware it's like okay it's like if you're walking on a like a tall building mm. or you standing on a tall building once you look down then it becomes real <laughs> and the only yeah. thing I can equate it to is putting a mirror in front of another mirror and you get this infinite loop of reflections recursion because once you see yourself yeah recursion. Once you see yourself, then you see yourself as people see you. Then you see yourself as people see you as you see yourself. And it just keeps snowballing. So I was like, hold on. Whoa, whoa. Let me stop for a minute. Let me let me figure out. Let me let me let me recalibrate. I'm just want to get people know. And it's I think a break like this may have need to happen at the end of every year. I mean, just so you can decompress, especially with the election and the weird times that's going on and there's nothing certain and it's taxing on it's it's taxing it's taxing on anyone who thinks at all it's taxing right because i'm and and like like i said and this i just want to share that with people you could probably open the door now it's kind of hot well i I just want i i appreciate you share that with you i appreciate you telling me the only thing i'd say for the show next time Mm -hmm. um if something like that happens let me know, you know, so then we can spin it up and get some TMZ love, man. We got to have you kind of going nuts and saying some crazy <laughs> shit so we can get on the on the board here. <laughs> Thank I I I I really appreciate what you're saying, Mo. And you know, this was one of our first episodes and I'll open the door in a minute. I'm warm too. This is one of our first episodes. Right. We talked about remember when when the two uh, uh when the black family visited my family in uh in Maryland mm-hmm. when I was like 6. And my parents, you know, had given me some messages and and you and I found out that, you know, like their parents had clearly given them some messages. And it's like, behave right now and act proper and all that shit, you know. So mm-hmm. your uh, self-awareness and you're also 40, you know, it took me a while to figure some stuff out, too. I'd, I'd say I didn't really figure stuff out until I was 50. Um, mm-hmm. You know what that's going to benefit? It's going to benefit your kids, man. So. That's a beautiful thing. You got yeah, parents like who are said, free. Your kids are going to be free. And what I want to say is that that was the first time that really had ever happened to me because me in the outside world, I never co-switched at work. Right. I, how I talk to you is how I talk to everybody. Uh, but it was, like I said, just that seeing myself, the perception of me back, seeing that come back it was like oh like whoa what's going on here you know and it's not nothing major 
But like I said, I just had to step away and like, whoa, let me. All right. Good. Okay, now I got it. You know, that kind of thing. Was that the same I'm night? I'm back, baby. What? Was that the same night you lost your cell phone, Mo? Huh? <laughs> when you figured it no, all no, out? No, no, that was that was that was different. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, getting hot in here. Let's open up that door. Let's get out of here. Ooh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that. Just a little break. Need to just have a little little conference. Right. So, um, now we go to. Karen Hunter in her show, she has a conversation with uh, a couple of journalists, a journalist and a lawyer, uh, Ella Mistel and um, I forget the other person's name, but they talk about the Kanye vote. I believe that the 2016 blip that people think is an anomaly is not an anomaly at all. I think what Trump tapped into is something very powerful. He tapped into white male fragility. And the notion of losing the power that you talked about, the very power that you talked about, the power structure is crumbling. And Trump was speaking to that and made them feel like men, made them feel strong and powerful. That same drumbeat resonated with black men. Yep. So when we talked about, because I was looking at numbers, today is the anniversary of Barack Obama being elected to president, the first black president of the United States. Y'all do it as you may. This this is a fact. When I looked at his exit numbers, 95 plus percent black people voted for him, men and women. With Trump, 15% of black men actually pulled the lever for Trump. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same. And it's that Kanye group. Mm-hmm. It's that group that just the guys just called up that they feel not powerful anymore, that the world is shifting. There's all of these different things going on. We got they's and them's now. I don't know what to do with that. We got women out there talking about they don't need us. We got this and this and that. And Trump is going to walk up the elevator with his wife behind him. Not in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's not going. He's going to have the umbrella over him, not her. He calls women bitches. He tells them he can grab them by the pussy. He does all of the things that a lot of men just maybe they don't do it, but they like that somebody can and be president. Right. Hoo-ah! <laughs> Hoo-ah! And, yeah. And, and, ris- and listen, listen to this clip. I've never heard somebody get it so right. Yeah. <laughs> And so wrong at the same at the time. Same time. <laughs> I agree. That's right. What she got right, the fact that there is a Kanye vote out there. There is a free thinking vote out there that says, you know what? What are you going to do to me? What you, I mean, and, that, and that's the approach I've had and I still have. What are you going to do to me? I mean, I, I'm at to the point like I'm, I'm 40 years old. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm getting to that point where. I, I can really feel the way I've been feeling and be justified. When you get to a certain age, it's like, you know, dad's grumpier. That, I mean, I'm getting my grumpy old man on. So um, what she got wrong is she says uh, white male fragility, but then she doesn't say black male fragility. So if black men are uh, uh, experiencing the same thing white men are experiencing, wouldn't it be black male fragility? But she wouldn't say that. No. Because she knew she would get canceled you're, you're basically over being, that statement. No, you're being so wrong. You've turned white in her eyes. That Yeah, that's another point. But she was aware. Mm-hmm. We were talking about awareness that she couldn't string those words together. Right. Black male fragility. Oh, no, no, uh, no. Because that's, the, that's not the, a thing. The black yet. masculine aspect is very, very uh, prominent, I want to say. I, mean, I think that's the right word. Because, that's. I mean, it's like. That's uh, for a black man. Your masculinity is how you identify yourself, and that's why you hear with little Bootsy. It's like, man, what are you doing to your son? I mean, that's his that's his manhood. You know, what I mean, like, I mean, that's where this that's where this is deeply rooted. And where, well, also where she got it wrong was that um, they's and them's and nobody 
nobody's worried about that. I mean, it is what it is. People choose. I mean, to me, people choose what they want to do and they're grown and long as it's legal. I don't really care what they do. And a lot of people are like that, but they want to make us anti-woman and anti-everybody else. Yes. If we have, you know, the, the, yes. the right to free thought. No, there, there, there very, is a very disingenuous. This movement has definitely positioned black men as being super transphobic, more so than homophobic. Uh, and I listen to Karen Hunter regularly ever since we started doing the show. I got Sirius XM in the car and uh, she's on, you mm-hmm. know, when I do grocery shopping and like this clip here, and it was good for me to hear it again. There's many times that I listen to the Karen Hunter show and I think you racist piece of crap. Like what she just said about white male <laughs> fragility. I'm like, why don't I come show you my white male fragility? And what are you saying about me? It's really. That, and why is it? Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Why I, is it that black it. men have to identify with the negatives of white men? Maybe we see a billionaire and an entrepreneur. And no, 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 no. They have to see the negative. They, I mean, that's the, the only thing that makes sense. That they want to keep women in their place. That's a good um, point. You know, she she could have easily said, you know, see uh, Kanye and Trump are successful and been alpha males and... Uh, and uh, making lots of money and, me- and meaning something in the world, but she didn't. That's not. That's not at all what it's about, according to her. Not at all. So that's the background on Kanye. We got to do the background before we get into the battle. Uh, so we have coming up. We have uh, a throwback block of clips from Show Thirty Five. Take that. Take that. Where we de- um, de- deconstruct Diddy, and this is uh, Diddy talks to Noema Camel about the black vote. The black vote is not going to be for free. We're going to have to see some promises. You know, what are we getting in return for our vote? Nothing has changed for black America. And in order for us to vote for Biden, we can't be taken for granted like we always are because we're supposed to be Democrats or because people are afraid of Trump. It's whoever's going to take care of our community, whoever wants to make a deal, it's, it's business at this point. You know, we can't trust politicians, you know, so we want to know very clearly, just like Trump made it clear that he wanted to build the wall. Biden needs to make it clear that he's going to change the lives and quality of life of black and brown people. Or else he can't get the vote. I will hold the vote hostage if I have to. He said it here. Said it first. Breaking news. Breaking, Breaking news. news. <laughs> oh, Diddy was talking real tough. Yeah. going to hold the black vote hostage. Yeah. And in that show, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, you, you've seen it before, but I wanted to hold out hope. Maybe, maybe he was ice cube. I mean, like maybe he really meant what he was saying, but, um, so that was 21, 22, 22 is Sam Roberts talks with, uh, P Diddy and DJ who kid. And this is also on serious XM. And, um, but let's just jump right into the clip. I, well, you want to know what I want to know about. We've been talking about Donald Trump a lot. Mm. He's a fellow successful businessman, but now he's running for president. Mm-hmm. Does he have the, the puffy vote? Nobody has my vote right now. No? You, you yeah. actually stated that you think yeah. voting is a scam coming from vote or die and all that stuff. <laughs> you do? No, nah, no. Nah, uh, that's what they ran with. Nah, I, yeah. I, I, I really said I said that it's not. Uh, it's, I thought the deal was very simple. Mm. I vote for you. And you give me what I need. <laughs> that's so, how it is. That's usually how it yeah, is. Yeah. So right, when I hire you when, for when, the job, when, uh, you know. So when I got, you know, so I was for vote to die. I'm out there like you, you went know, hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh I'm, I'm young people. Young people. People of color. Mm. 
you know, but we had that's part of the process. And and but, you know, I just I just felt and still feel like, um, you know, for putting Obama in there, that mm. that, that we should have got more, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> because we put him in there. But I'm not, you know, yeah. it, 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 it ain't no beef. I'm not saying he he did Definitely a, so not, yeah. he did so many things. It's, it's just, it's, it, you know, what I'm saying um, now corporate Diddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Diddy, so Diddy did some weird pivots here. So Sam asked him, "Did you say voting was a scam?" Yeah. And Diddy just pivots yeah and like I, I i i didn't say that oh that's how they said i said that he didn't say yes or no that he said that and then he goes on to say it's a simple deal i mean i'll vote for you and you give me what i want or need right um and it's important to have that in that order because with ice cube they were like hey you come back <laughs> you vote for us <laughs> oh, and then son, you son, come what back you doing? <laughs> and Which then we, it, in hindsight we see that that call still hasn't happened yet to ice cube uh yeah. and then he goes funny, real, funny. real real soft kind of a little a, a slight jab at barack obama but very light but but then he pivots back right because yeah. he's i'm glad you picked up on that he says uh we should have got more but but no 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 Obama did many great things for us, not according to Tavis Smiley. That right. We're still looking for Tavis. <laughs> Tavis is gone, man. <laughs> anybody see he's Tavis? He's a moon base alpha. He's he's out. We're we are gonna find Tavis. <laughs> we are gonna find him. Um, but a little nugget that I missed on the first time we played this clip. If you can go back to about the thirty second mark, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna just let you, I'm gonna say what he says. And, he, and when he says, uh, it's simple, simple deal. I vote for you. You give me what I need. Then the other guy says, well, that's usually how it works. <laughs> if you want, I mean, like, except, except for you Negroes. So, I mean, like, everybody else is how it works. Hold on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I thought the deal was very simple. Mm. I vote for you. And you give me what I need. <laughs> so it is. That's usually how it yeah, is. Yeah. So right, when I hire you when, for when, the job, when, you know. So when I got, <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. It's a joke. It's a running joke, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you're asking for something. Oh, please. <laughs> well, to be and to be the, honest, it uh, looks like uh, uh-huh. you know if, if Joe prevails, I think these questions could be asked. Uh, what are you giving us over here? Oh, and and that's where. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to another okay. episode. I have a no, whole episode sure on that topic. Everyone's got oh, their hand man. out. Hey, where's my money? Where's my Where's my yeah. gigs? Where's my stuff? Black Lives Matter, Joe. Joe done ghosted him. Yeah, oh, so, big um, time. <laughs> 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 All right. So this was, that was 2016. And Diddy's like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I, you know, but then he still you know, threw his support behind uh, uh, Hillary. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a roundabout way. So let's go back to Karen Hunter. And in this clip, we're going to talk about, she talks about what the black vote is worth. We support black candidates all the time, but somehow the message is not getting to the people because they're not showing up to vote. We just had a Houston representative on who was running. She lost in the primary and I thought she would have been dynamic, but they're not showing up because they don't have faith and they feel like 40, 50 years they've been uh, asked to give up a vote with nothing in return. And that's the retort. So it's hard to sit here every day and argue that you should just vote Democrat because we don't want another, you know, reelected Trump. But what are we getting? There's no reparations on the table. I get that. You know, what policy should we be really pushing? I don't know. Drew, what, you know, help me. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why you heard the guy laugh in the previous clip. Yeah, because 40 or 50 years <laughs> asked to give your vote up for nothing in she, return. That's that's how it usually works, except but, for your, your group. But she doesn't even have an, so, an idea of what to ask for. Oh, no, no, no. She knows what to ask for because if you heard her say, she says, no reparations on the table, and I get that. How do you get that? I mean, like, it's not, but, they, but that's saying, oh, oh, we can't ask for that. That's literally what she's saying. So she doesn't know what to ask that's for. That's But what she says, I get that. Like, she puts herself into the Democrats' shoes and back to double consciousness. That's her, that, you know what that she's, is? That's her white male fragility. White people is what's would going see on. her. Right. <laughs> she sees how white Democrats would look at her for asking for reparation, and she self censors and self answers herself by saying, oh, I get that. And like I said, I love going back to the throwback clips. Maybe for some listeners, they're like, oh, why are you? But it's a lot there. No, no, I mean, no, Mo, no, no. Don't ever, clips. don't ever think that because uh, I, I, even I'm going, oh, yeah. No, no, this, believe me, this is the right way to go. This is but the right even, path. But Eve, even when I listen to it, I'm like, how in the hell did I miss that? Or how, did, you know, because I was so focused on. You know why? What I was trying to highlight. Yeah. I'll it's, tell you. It's, you, you how did I miss this? She's, you yeah, got to listen to stuff in audio, man. That's the only when you're when you're off it. I mean, not not in this case because it's Karen Hunter, but when you're doing YouTube, mm-hmm. I have the same thing. You you you're, you're getting different information. Yep. Then you listen to it again in just audio, where you can't be distracted by anything. It's time and time again, even the I'm hearing it too. I'm hearing other things. It's even it sounds fresh to me in some cases. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you say that because I only listen to it in audio. I, I hmm. snag it. Hmm, mp3 interesting then i listen to the audio and isolate but i even then and i have to listen to it over and over again you know to get the clips and edit, yeah. i do my own edits and if you i want to say something to people when you hear the page, the page turn, turn it's sound, a beautiful sound yeah i love it th- that's me let you know i edit the person that i'm clipping so it's not uh you know tricky tricky editing so i just want to let people know that as well to let you know that i'm jumping from one segment of the clip or and, or if I didn't do that, you would have a three minute clip to get all all of it into you know a digestible uh, morsel of goodness. So uh, <laughs> okay. So um uh so that's Karen Hunter and what what's a black word? And you hear her, even she devalues it. It's like no reparation. No, I get that. I understand why they will never give us that. And with that kind of mentality, that goes to show you her mentality, Diddy's mentality. Like oh, we can't ask for too much now. Um, that kind of thing it's it's and when you have a kanye saying i want it all or you when you have uh black people saying we want tangibles you won't get our vote we're crazy to them hey when you that's I mean, crazy to me let me, me ask, question. Let me ask yeah. you a question mm-hmm. when you just mm-hmm. say oh we can't be asking for that right say that say yes. that, would you mind saying that for me again the way you just said it oh that that was my uh i know as you were saying that's the um how can i say it that is the what what do we what do we call uh, that voice? That is the compliant black person voice. Like, oh, I, I don't want to upset the the apple cart, you know that kind of thing. I mean, it's and like I said, that's just a double. That's a that's a. It's just slipping into a. Well, you know what it sounds like mindset. to me. To me, What's it's that? you know, it's like driving Miss Daisy. So it's like a throwback to thirty that, forty. Yeah. Okay. That's, no, that's that's exactly well, we, what it's we have to not be progressed. Like. We have not progressed if this is going on. This is bad. But that's that's how when you listen to people like Jen Clyburn, Matt Clyburn, and not not speak ill of the dead, but the uh, 
uh, what's his name? I get them mixed up. I know, and I get people get killed for that getting them mixed up with the uh, um the guy from Baltimore. Uh, the one was in uh, Selma and got his head busted. Oh, uh, J- John uh, Lewis. John Lewis, yes, yes. Like, oh, we want good. We only want good trouble. No, that kind of thing. It's like <laughs> that's, that's exactly how we hear how it. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good. That, Thank you for but, explaining. That. That's what I thought. But I just wanted to stop and and highlight it for a second. Right. Uh, yeah, I want I want to highlight that to people. When we hear people talk like that, oh, we can't get that. Well, I understand that. No, it's like you're going back. Like what what progress? But then you want to talk about progress. It's like if we have to tailor our request. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are witnessing what? the awakening of Mofax. He has come to, he's like a lotus flower blossoming <laughs> into his own. That's what 40 years of living will do to you. Yeah, I tell you, man, I, I have very short pay. I've noticed my patience is growing very thin. <laughs> I'm, but I've always told I had an old soul. So, I mean, it's nothing new, but it's, I, I have very little patience for these people. And you know what? I, I just, I, what we look like on time. I have to I have to say this because I had an epiphany. Because to be fair to the Diddies and the Karen Hunters and the Democratic voters of the world, black ones, I we use the analogy of Lucy with the football. Mm-hmm. Of they keep trying, Charlie Brown keeps trying to kick that football, and I had an epiphany. Charlie Brown knows she's gonna move the football. He has to know it. <laughs> It's not that he doesn't know that he's going his belief that his foot is faster than her hand. No, 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 no. That's not that's not why he does it. Charlie Brown does that because he wants to stay in show business. He knows he knows he knows if he doesn't go for that ball, then he gets canceled. So he's he's he knows that he's in show business. No, but so when I'm saying the analogy of that, they think oh, we can really box them in. They really need us this time. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, they never needed us more than they needed us now. Yeah. And and yet and still, their foot, your foot will never be faster than her hands. But yet and still, their belief in their foot. And like I said, that may be a crazy man epiphany, but that's, I was watching Charlie Brown Christmas or something, and I was like, wow. Like, why does Charlie Brown keep trying to kick that football? And it's because he believes that but they fall for every time, and 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 that's the that's they think that they're they can put the Democratic Party in a position where they're going to give them what they want, and well, that's not how it works. Exactly, and and that's what there's usually very little uh, public discourse over, and we still have to see if uh, uh, if Joe prevails. Mm-hmm. Um. But the, you know, where's the, where's the discussion really going to be about? Okay, now what are you going to do for us? Because it seems like it can totally ignore everything, and and I don't hear a lot of outrage. Well, they can't because they sold it so hard. Mm-hmm. This is this is where they paint they so. <clears throat> excuse me. This is where they paint themselves in a the corner because it's like we told you so. We told you this was going to happen. Right. Ice Cube told you this was going to happen. It's like no, no, no. Joe's going to call me back. Joe, Joe's Joe is gonna call me back. Trust me, Joe's gonna, and Joe is not gonna call you back. Um, but let's progress with the show. So now we have this is a New York Times special, Times Talk, and um, they had Sean Diddy Combs on, and he's gonna talk about um the victim mentality. 
You, you talk a lot about black excellence. What is black excellence and how is it different than white excellence or Asian excellence or anybody else? Um, yeah, there, there is a difference. There's a difference. It's a, um, the difference is, is that we, we haven't really forcefully tapped into our excellence. You know, sometimes you could possess magic or superpowers and you're afraid of them. You're afraid to tap into them. I remember Superman, he ain't really want to fly. He was scared, you know, and we, 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 we have this magic about us that, that we were able to be brought over here to be treated the way we've been treated. And we still get up with love in our hearts now. Like shit could be crazy. Pain is pain. We get up with love and love in our hearts, and we still have to deal with that pressure. You know, like it's fucked up. You hear it all the time. It sounds cliche, but yeah, you black, you wake up. Damn, you know some fucked up shit can happen to me today. It don't no matter who you are. You know, and that's a hard way to live. Live in fear. You know, and 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 and, and to live like that. And um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> He got so wrapped up in the victimization mentality, he forgot the question. Yeah. Now, I want to, it's a couple of things I want to talk about. One, can we go back and listen with just the first 10 seconds? When he talks about black excellence, this super liberal crowd laughs. Yeah, I heard it. I heard that. You, you talk a lot about black excellence. What is black excellence and how is it different than white excellence or Asian excellence or anybody else? Um, yeah, there, there is a difference. <laughs> what's, what's funny about that? Let me let me just, let me listen one more time. Let me see if I can figure out why this crowd is laughing. Let me listen again. You you talk a lot about black. Ex- now there was something before that they were probably already already in some kind of comedic uh, timing because they're coming they're coming into this laughing in the audience. You you talk a lot about black excellence. What is black excellence and how is it different than white excellence or Asian excellence or anybody else? Um. Yeah. They're, they're- yeah. They're, see. No. Yeah. No. You're right. It's it's purely about the racial part of it. Why? Why is that funny? Now, I just, I, like, once again, when you re-listen to things, you hear the things like, "What? What's so funny about black excellence?" I mean, the, well, hello, they're laughing at us, people. And and uh, what audience is this now? This is the New York Times. This is a this was a super liberal New York New York function. Uh, I'm okay, assuming, let me let, let me take a stab think, at it. I don't think the hardcore conservatives are going to come. No, but let me take a see Diddy. Let me take a stab at it. Mm-hmm. When you segregate and say black excellence, how is that different from Asian excellence? How is that different? I, I think it's nervous laughter that they're like, oh, maybe. Oh, 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 oh my gosh, oh, oh, oh. He's segregating. Oh, you know, some maybe something like that. Yeah, if you, a New York Times audience, yeah. I can see them nervous laughter. I, that's what I think yeah. it is. I'm never going to lead you. So I mean, it's, it's, this is how we. This is what we do. We look at something and we see it two different ways. And mm-hmm. I just, I just find it strange. That's a strange point to laugh at. Now, I had to talk about it, folks. Superpowers. <laughs> Did you see black people getting their superpowers trending on Twitter, uh, Adam? <clears throat> have I seen the black people get the superpowers trending on Twitter? No, I've not. I, uh, no, yeah. no, no, I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Who oh, that's s- why I was at too. That's why I was at too. I was getting my superpowers. Uh, December twenty first. Um, uh, this is from the uh, and it was actually trending on uh, the socials. 
This is from The Root. An open letter to black people about your upcoming superpowers. Oh, my. So it says, by, yes. <laughs> by now, you should have received your certified letter informing you that people of African descent will receive superpowers on December 21st when June, Jupiter and Saturn align for the first time in nearly 400 years. According to researchers uh, at Twitter uni- uh, University of Twitter, this will unlock the melanated magic in black people. Granted themselves never before seen gifts beyond the ability to clap on beat and resist dumping artichoke into potato salad. Now, this is from the root. Wow. <laughs> and how do, how do it get better? How do it get better? I had to talk about it. I told you this is a potluck, folks. Wow. We got we to talk about it. Clap on so, beat. Um, yes. It says uh, to do this, they're talking about how they're going to uh, best practices for operating system update to do this. The National Institute for Genetic Gifts and uh, Astronomic Superpowers. Uh. Don't say it, please. I don't. I don't want Fifty Six to be the last episode of uh, Mofat Eric Curry. I won't say it. But anything. y'all just, yeah. National <laughs> Institute for Genetic Gifts and Astronomic Superpowers. All right. So the acronym, y'all just worked that out for yourself. Now wait. Right, who, anyway, now wait, who um, said this? Who who gave us this acronym? The roots, the root. Oh my God! Okay, the root. Oh man. Yeah. No, no. What I'm just saying is this is this is what this is what you know. Um, and then but but wait wait. I'm just gonna paraphrase the rest of the. You cannot use your superpowers to hurt harm white people. Oh now, that's, well, that's, thank that's, goodness. They made that clear. Thank goodness. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that these super radical woke people. It's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold now, on a second. The root is owned. You can't go too crazy now. You know, we're going to give you superpowers. But but no, this was a real thing that was trending. And supposedly in uh, astronomy that, you know, black people would get their superpowers. And maybe I got my superpower not giving a rats. Well, so, um, well, <laughs> well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Maybe your superpower, you just unwrapped it a little later and it came, uh, you know, came a, a week or so ago. Maybe right. maybe your awakening was your superpower. I'm not gonna now. Now maybe. I can't discredit this. You know the 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 winter solstice with Jupiter and um yeah, what the hell and Saturn converging. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people think that was very mystical and magical. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I, just ta- I see the humor in yeah. what they're doing, but uh-huh. uh, also also uh very cringeworthy. Yeah, very cringeworthy. Yeah. So let's get back to the victimization mentality. You hear Diddy, he got so caught up in just being a victim, he lost his train of thought. So that brings us back to the throwback clip 55, Mind Traps with Clay Scroggins. How do you stop these mindsets from becoming mind traps? No, no one likes feeling trapped. Can you remember the last time you were trapped? The problem is we have these thoughts and our thoughts, fortunately and unfortunately, can create feelings, feelings both in the here and the now. And it's not necessarily what happens to you, but it's the messages that you give yourself about what happens that determines your feelings. And not only do our thoughts create all of our feelings, but the thoughts that defeat us are almost always fraudulent or wrong or distorted or illogical. And sometimes they can form a a cycle, a mentality that becomes a trap. So how do you know? How do you know when a mindset has become a mind trap? 
There's an ancient Greek philosopher named Epictetus who said this, that we are disturbed not by things, but by the view in which we take of them. We think it's the circumstances that are, depict, that are, that are disturbing us, but no, it's, it's our view of them that's actually disturbing us. Mm. So this is where, and it more in the verses theme, this is where people who think like Diddy get upset with people that think like Kanye because Kanye won't subscribe to the victimization mentality. He is not conditioned by his thoughts. No, quite the now opposite. I want to go back to, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, if you think lack, then you will, if you have lack, right. You mm-hmm. know, if you think mm-hmm. prosperous, you, you receive prosperity. So that's what drives the wedge between these two groups because it's like, and because they have to explain it because they're like, we're both black. He's thriving. I'm not. He has to be selling out. Mm. Where it's really your mentality and your mindset that's holding you back. Preach. And I'm not saying this. That's what Gucci Man said. That's right. Now you take that up with Guwap. Because he said, I went... <laughs> He said, I, when I was in jail, I had to realize I was a victim of my own thoughts. And this is where the verse is. Now, we, ring the bell, please. Now, this is... Oh, this here we go. So. You know, I, you know, well, I don't mind ringing the yes. bell, but I don't I don't like the bikini that I have to wear when I walk the sign around for the round. Oh, I don't kinda, like kinda the sucked. middle picture that you just gave me. Please, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> um thank god it's a three-round fight um so, uh, so anyway um <laughs> uh, so you saw diddy's he gets so wrapped up in the victimization mentality so now we want to go back show 13 listen to kanye's take on the victimization mentality i've been canceled right. i've been canceled before they had cancel culture I was canceled before they had the term. Do you care about any of that? I do. I care about everything. Mm-hmm. Does it? Does it not rub you the wrong way? But does it get to your core when when people do it feel don't like rub me the right way? This definitely right. ain't gonna do Johnny Gill. What do, you say, <laughs> what do you say to people <laughs> that say you turn you turned your back on the culture or exactly one hundred percent? I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We are locked up. We went from one and four. We went from one and four to one and three. But we always pointing at the white people. But yet we want to spend all of our money on foreigns. We want to spend all our money on luxury as opposed to going and buying some land. America is for sale. And there's a lot of barren land. Disney bought a lot of it in Florida. But the culture has you focused so much on fucking somebody, bitch, and pulling up in a foreign and rapping about things that could get you locked up and then saying you about prison reform. Mm. Like, it's, bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. Mm-hmm. Democrats had us voting Democrats for food stamps for years, bro. What are you talking about? Guns in the 80s, taking the fathers out the home, plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. God should not kill. I can't tell y'all how to feel, but what I can tell you honestly is how I feel. Powerful. 
And as he said in there, something I didn't catch before, the culture, who defines the culture? Media. Because mm-hmm. we don't have a culture. <laughs> you know, they've destroyed that. They reshaped it. Like I, I always say this, they took black. The black, black was created uh, around 1960. Well, made prominent around 1960. You mean the, mar- the marketing, the marketing of, of, the, of the concept of black? Right. They took it with black exploitation films and reshaped it to something pimps, hoes, perms, coke, big Cadillacs, you know, uh, snazzy suits, that kind of thing. And the culture, which is shaped by the media, as Kanye said, has you focused on maintaining the mind trap. This is why you hear wall to wall, 24-7 violent sexually promiscuous unhealthy habit music it maintains the culture the culture maintains the mind trap and just so you know that uh, that mind trap of that cult the cultural mind trap is extremely exportable it has an entire class of young people trapped the woke that's what always happens that's what I never understand the psyche of these people. You bring cocaine, crack cocaine in, your kids are in rehab. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's not going to bleed over? Yeah. You don't, but, but now I'm just going to say maybe they, and this is a thought I have, maybe they rationalize it. Well, if it kills our weak, so be it. It strengthens our race. Now, when you say they, Mm-hmm. Who are you considering they, to be the they? big they? Oh, okay, the they. big they. <laughs> they. Well, they Mo, the big they don't give a crap about you or me, no matter what your color or culture. Ultimately, That's my they point. do not give a crap. Yeah, we're we're pawns. We're pawns in that for sure. Yeah. Well, if you are, if you are allowed to eat fast food and cure yourself, maybe you don't deserve to live. If you're dumb enough to use fentanyl and and, and these other prescription drugs. Maybe you don't deserve to live. Well, okay. There's something. We're, we're there's something. Our, we're strengthening our, our, right. our race. Well, That's how I, I no, view There's it. something to be said for that. Uh, the problem is that uh, the fentanyl. There's no difference between the fentanyl and the and the McDonald's. It's both part of Not the at all. of the same machine. And now we mm-hmm. we know who the who who the machine uh, sweeps up first, but particularly fentanyl you know these things became a problem for white people for poor white people um so the machine doesn't give a shit uh, the machine is more fun with mcdonald's because you know you die slow and you enjoy the burger on the way uh, the fentanyl whoa, 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 whoa. you're missing the big whoa, 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 no whoa, i'm not whoa, missing whoa. the point you just can't skip Go you ahead. can't skip over the biggest point of eating unhealthy the pharmaceuticals Oh well, yes, thank you. But that's what I mean. It's it's still all part of the same of the same mission, um, uh-huh. and perhaps we need to look at it more in the context of black people always go first, <laughs> and we're stupid enough to follow. But that's the vaccine, right? That's the, what they're trying to do with the vaccine. We get oh, black man. people to take it, maybe make a nice rap song about it. You know, you know, nice little tune. <laughs> well, unfortunately, what it's done is, is it has an adverse effect because, you know, now it's so easy to say, well, I don't want to jump in line. I, I mean, I, I think I'll step back and 
I'll, I'll make sure that mm-hmm. most family has it because, you know, it affects his family more than mine. That's the kind of shit you're going to get. If they all, if they look at it all as winners and losers, that's how they look at it. That's, sure. how per- that's my perception of it. Mm. We don't care who the winners and losers are. Kanye, great. Great for him. He's no, free thinking. It doesn't matter. All they want is just yeah. someone to move their agenda forward. Right. I and mean, not only that, but they want to get rid of the useless eaters. Let's just be one. Let's keep it 100. It's like, let's get them up out of here. Fentanyl that does the job fast. Fast food. Uh, well, we need we need to sell these pills to somebody for high blood pressure and and uh, diabetes and all this other stuff. This is the mindset of the only way you can break free is to break free mentally. And it's so off putting by people that are in a mind trap like. Have you ever had somebody you smiling and somebody asks you, why are you smiling for? What are you so happy about? Sure. Maybe sure. you haven't. Sure. <laughs> yes, the same, I, I, the have, same I have ex-wives, Mo. Yes, I've been through this. <laughs> why you look so happy? But that's the approach they're looking at. That's, that's what they're looking at with Kanye about. What, 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 what he's so happy about, yeah. you know? Uh, I'm in this I'm in this mental trap, and he, he, he's not. Come, yeah. You know, come back. So um, I think we stopped off at 26. So now this is where we get into the new material. And this is uh, Kanye West with Nick Cannon. Uh, this is right after Nick Cannon got himself in some hot water. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he, 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 he was, I don't know what Nick was thinking. You he, can't, you he can't, touched uh, the third rail, man. Talk. Yeah. Touch the third rail. You can't rail. talk that talk and be on, on mainstream TV. What do you think about Nick? But, um, <laughs> yeah, if you get kicked off YouTube, you know, you're going to get kicked off of Fox. Come on now. He know better than that. <laughs> um, uh, this is uh, Nick Cannon's class with, with Kanye West. When you remove the fear of God, the fear and love of God, you create room for the fear and love of everything else. Let's get to life. Um, in 50 years, there's 20, there's been 22 million, over 22 million, 500,000 black people aborted mm. strategically and on purpose. Planned Parenthood was set up and placed in minority communities to kill black people. You're talking about uh, when Margaret Sanger, the originator of Planned Parenthood at the time, because a lot of people, when when you say things like that to, in their defense, they say, well, Planned Parenthood today is a different organization. But the, but do, what do, you... Do, 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 do. Hey, here we go. <laughs> but what Margaret you cannot Sanger. deny is these facts that Ye is about to give you right now. Here we go. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was an avowed racist whose goal was to reduce the black population in America and she succeeded 80% of abortion clinics in America are are in minority neighborhoods over 22,500,000 black babies have been aborted in 50 years over 1,000 black babies are aborted every Every day. day So that means we are inside of it as we speak. This is genocide. So wait, we are inside of genocide as we speak. You know what gets me about this particular story? When you were when you were in your late twenties, I was talking about this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I was talking about the history, Margaret Sanger, the Eugenics uh, Society of America, and I was told to shut up. Because you are you're you're, you're misogynistic. You're anti-woman. You don't want women to have access to 
uh, health care, whatever the Mm -hmm. framing of it is. For 13, 14 years, this has been denied, denied as a conspiracy theory, Mo. I could, I'm, if I went and looking for emails and articles, I could show it all to you. And only recently, only in the past few years, has this come up to the, it's to the point. So this is why I view it as a good thing, because now these stories are starting to come out. 20, you know, 13 years ago, less internet. Now we have a lot more internet, more people are talking about it. But now the Planned Parenthood has taken Sanger's name off of buildings because now they now the cat's out of the bag. So Yeah, but, but if you notice, Nick Cannon tried to uh, kind of buffer the facts. He's like, that's, that's, that was Planned Parenthood then. And they do good things for women now. Right. Well, that, you know, he, and that's he, the he narrative. Knew where, that's he the knew talking where Kanye points. was headed. Yeah, that's the talking point. Right. He oh, had to come this, in this is because now. Nick Cannon. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, Nick Cannon is a, a Democratic supporter. Mm. So Yo, he there knew you go. Kanye was coming with the heat. Mm-hmm. So he had to come in and run uh, interference. But then he comes back around and calls it genocide. Now, genocide is an act of war. Yeah. It's a way of war. And that leads us into the next clip with uh, Diddy talking to Charlemagne the God about his uh, evolving political views. You sparked a, a crazy conversation uh-huh. and you told everybody to hold their vote. Yeah. I want to see what you have with it. Mm-hmm. So a couple of months I told everybody hold their vote hostage. A lot of things have gone on since then. None of us expected. I think this president has done a great job of of rattling America. When you move in fear, you don't have any leverage. Mm -hmm. The way I felt before is is the way I still feel. Things have got too serious of a point. I'm seeing what's going on. White men like Trump need to be banished. That way of thinking is real dangerous. Mm Um, This man literally um, threatened the lives of us and our families about going to vote. Mm -hmm. Stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. Yeah. We're in a war. We're not taking this like it's a war. We're taking this like, oh, we're in a presidential election. Mm -hmm. We're in a war of love versus hate. The number one priority is to get Trump out of office. The tribe of people that have the responsibility and really should be scared to death for this man is white people. <laughs> wow. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> Let's take it from the top. Yeah, please. First, Charlemagne, Charlemagne says, you sparked a crazy conversation. <laughs> Yeah. By asking, now this is Diddy's words. He said it was a simple deal. I vote for you. You give me what I need. That's a crazy conversation. <laughs> Got compared to, uh, to Charlemagne the guy. What are you asking? You asking for something? That's crazy. That's revolutionary. What? <laughs> I mean, like that's the usual. <laughs> that is the usual. Then he says, when you move in fear. You know, you lose leverage. But back on clip 24, this whole thing is all oh, we wake up every morning, we're going to be killed. So what happened here? What do you mean? What? Fix it. 
Nah, <laughs> fix he got it. the phone call. Fix, <laughs> fix, fix this. <laughs> yeah. Or, or that's that's best case scenario. Or Diddy was laid as a heard him over here, Diddy, and then do the do the uh, the swap. Because he's throwing out, you know, oh, I'm I'm holding up vote hostage at the same time with tangibles and no no tangibles, no vote reparations. That conversation here comes Diddy. Oh, I'm holding a vote hostage at the last hour to you know at the final hour to um do this weird pivot, and then he says, "White men like Trump." Last time I checked, this is this is where you always stump a uh, 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 a black uh, Democrat supporter. Um. What's the difference between Trump and Biden? Four years. When you ask him that, no, I'm just saying, when you ask him that, their brain fries like, ah, ah, ah. Well, you know, uh, Biden's nice when he says, oh, uh, you know, oh uh, that's you know, it. That's it. It's got to be nice. Right. Yeah, he's he going to give you that nice genocide. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> the humane genocide. <sighs> yeah, the humane genocide. And then he goes on, we're in war. And that's why I played the clip from Kanye yeah. saying, Kanye is actually pointing out, I mean, just by the definition, and if you look at uh definition of genocide is the deliberate killing of a large group of people, especially those of a partic- particular ethnic group or nation. Yeah. Just by the definition of it, I think that fits. Now, I'm not saying what the motives are. I mean, that's not for me to say. I mean, because you could look at it several different ways. And I'm not even getting to the politics of pro-life versus pro-choice. But when you have one guy here pointing out facts, facts, hard, hard cold facts have been proved. Like you said, you've been saying it for, you know, uh, what, 20 years, 13 years, what mm-hmm. you said? Yeah, 13, These 14 are facts. years. Yeah. And then you have this guy, Diddy, come on, we're in a war, a war of love versus hate. What? What are you talking about? That's not. Yeah. Well, but it gets it gets better. Please, but wait, please but wait. I just I just want to just this. Yeah, go I just ahead. Go ahead, please. To, yeah, I just want to yeah. listen to the last five seconds. The number one priority is to get Trump out of office. The tribe of people that have the responsibility and really should be scared to death for this man is white people. Hold on, Adam. Yeah. This is how good I know you. Play twenty nine. The number one priority is to get Trump out of office. The tribe of people that have the responsibility and really <laughs> should be scared to death for this man is white people. Mm, explain. If this man is elected, we're not standing by no more getting killed. We're not scared of anybody standing up and standing by. We're on the verge of a, a race war. Mm. If wow. people in America want a race war, they'll not vote. I'm an independent, first of all. When I vote, I try to do what's best for my community. Let's, let's be clear on that. You, you, you're, not, you're not standing behind your decision to hold your vote anymore. You want people to go out there and vote. It would be irresponsible of me to um, have us hold our vote hostage. Mm-hmm. But it would also be irresponsible of me to just let this moment go by. The world is watching and not do everything I can to make sure that going forth, that we are part of the narrative, Mm -hmm. that we own our politics. 
Um, and so I'm launching one of the boldest movements that I've ever launched. And it's called Our Black Party. Okay. It's time for us to have our own black political party, unapologetically. Because right now, if you look at the debates, we're not even a part of the conversation. Not at all. We're not a part of the conversation. We don't have any political power. We don't have any political leverage. Wow. It's like, <laughs> way, w- way to go and try and muscle in on, uh, on Kanye. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, we got to. I got to lead the political party. So let's start from the end and go back to the beginning. All right. So can you venture on over to uh, ourblackparty.com? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this nice little exercise that we 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 like to do on the show. Uh, and while you do that, um, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so you um you see what the contribute uh button over there? Uh, you want to click? Oh, on you that? always want to click on that. This is the fun game. You scroll down to the bottom and you see. Okay, where's this money gonna go to? You scroll down and it says, "Oh no, it's Act Blue." What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is basically the Democratic Black that's, 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 that's a Democratic our party. Black party. Yeah, it's the Democratic Party. Our Black Party. Oh, brother, brother, brother. And it's actually, it's go straight to the, it's right. even the Act Blue website. They didn't even, they didn't even obfuscate it on their own website. Oh, brother. No. Huh. And then, okay, so that's that. I just wanted to go start there so you can, the rest of what I'm going to say. He says, if Trump wins, we're not going to just stand by. We're on the verge of a race war. All right, Diddy. Since we're on the verge of a race war, GBG, baby. Yeah, right. Give blacks guns. Dole them out. That's right. Let's stock up. You talk all this talk, and then you're going to be in a helicopter flying somewhere if it really does kick off and leave your people to be slaughtered. But this this is... And this is why I have no respect for Diddy. Let me calm down. Well, Mm. while you're calming down, so I got to know who talked to him and what the heck did they say to him? Because I and I hadn't heard this before. That's that's I know, pretty I out that. there. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That's pretty out there, man. It's like we're on the verge of a race war. Okay. Yeah. And oh, it know, gets better though. This, we're ground zero, gets- Mo. Right here, we're starting that race war. You and me. Come on, let's go at it. Yeah. Here we go. And then it <laughs> it it sounds if it gets even better than that because um uh, Charlemagne the God says yeah we're not part of the conversation. <laughs> Bro, you had every Democratic nominee on your show. Yeah. You could have pressed them. Joe Biden told you if you ain't black, you ain't black if you don't vote for him. And you're talking about the lack of representation and not being part of the conversation. Man, get out of here. And then Diddy goes on to say, he says, if people in America want a race war, they'll not vote. Now, digest that again. I'm going to say it again. I want you to process what he just said. If people in America want a race war, they'll not vote. Who is he talking to? I don't understand. I don't understand. Who is he talking to? I'm going to explain it to you. Let me break it down. Please. He said, if people in America want a race war yeah they'll not vote he can't be talking to white voters he can't no. be talking to Trump no, he, voters because no, if no. you don't vote then biden wins he's scaring black people to the bu- polls 
You mean if people, black, if pe- you know, no, if, if people don't vote, then Trump wins. You mean? No, 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 no. No, that's not what he said. He said if people, in, and that's why I said, well, I had to listen to it. Oh, I was like, what? All right, hold on, hold he on, said, hold if, on, hold on. If, Let's listen to it again. Okay. Let's just listen to it again. We're not scared of anybody standing up and standing by. We're on the verge of a, a race war. Mm. If people in America want a race war. They'll not vote. If they want a race war, they'll not vote. Yes. Yeah, well. <laughs> so you can't be talking about Trump supporters. You can't talk about Biden support. I mean, saying he's talking to black people. Right. If you want a race war. Then don't vote. Don't vote. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. These are the fear tactics. <laughs> you think? This is the mind trap. You think? <laughs> That's pretty blatant. How I mean, sick is that? no evidence of it, really. I mean, other than <coughs> a whole bunch of hoaxy, very fine people stuff. Mm-hmm. And he pulls this rabbit out of the hat. Now, I'm surprised that that, that didn't, didn't get more traction. Yeah. At least not this on white Twitter. Mm. No, this is what we get. No, this is what we get. Yeah. You need to upgrade, you you, you need to upgrade <laughs> your celebrities, man. They suck. Well, they're not allowed. Hello, who creates the culture? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You Remember the culture? Yeah. yeah. We don't create the culture. They pick what they feed us. And that goes to more back to what we need more land. We need cyberspace more than land. But I mean, yeah, they pick what is trending on for us. They pick what's on the top two, top 10 on Google and what's suggested in YouTube and that kind of thing. But this is how they talk to us. Y'all, you want to die? <laughs> you want you want to you want you want to be hanged by the KKK? <laughs> Don't vote. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have, uh, in fact, I have someone saying just that. You, you, you might die. There you go. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Yeah. Um. So now we have we're going to wrap up with this um with this Diddy and his scare tactics with the final clip uh political party three. Our black party's number one goal is to unify behind a black agenda. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. You could be a part of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, you could be an independent. But if you're black, you wasn't born Republican, you wasn't born Democrat, you wasn't born independent, you was born black. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have to seize our political power. Because it'd just be more the same. Being pushed this way, being pushed that way, and we expecting different result. a different result. Mm-hmm. But the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over the same way, expecting a different result, and it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we have to change the tone. We got to start with us stepping up and, and really taking the responsibility and accountability to be a part of this political movement. The hardest part of that is going to be getting other black people to buy into it. This is not for, for all black people mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying this is this is not for the scary ones uh-huh. this is for the ones that want to move things forward and and want to get to the smoke a black person spends an average of like five hours on instagram a day mm-hmm. if you could give instagram that time mm-hmm. 15 minutes 15 minutes you could give to educating yourself mm-hmm. and our black party's that platform we've never played this game this is another <laughs> level of gangster mm-hmm. but i played this game before you know i started in 2004 with voter die and this is the evolution of that thought wow now d- d- was he taking ownership of our black party yes 
Wow. This is our platform. But th- then he goes on to say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. But I've been doing this since 2004. Who voted die. Hello. <laughs> Listen to the agenda of our black party. Defunding mm-hmm. the police, guaranteed income for all, decriminalized poverty, which actually means something else. Uh, that means we are calling on local governments to stop making crimes of the very quality of life issues they should be working to fix. It's like low-level stealing. Uh, yeah, dr- you can steal. Steal yeah. under $1,000, yeah. Oh, that's Los Angeles. You know, there there, there are chain stores like QVC and it's empty. Just because people come in, take everything, it's gone. They don't stock them anymore. Address racism in healthcare. Well, they're doing that. They're giving you that COVID uh, jab. Yay. Grow black business. <laughs> See what that means. Uh, oh, that means give give us money. Governments at all levels spend billions of dollars each year through contracts with small businesses and black businesses. Do not have an equitable share of this spending. We demand more from the government. The 1,000. You familiar with the 1,000? No. Well, what kind of black guy are you? You're not in the party. Uh, You're not in the party. The 1,000. This is a meme. This a, so, a so-called one. A so-called, so-called black guy. person. Uh, we have seen that a system run by people who are not committed to the black agenda will pass and support laws that undermine black existence. We will elect at least 1,000 black people to positions of power at every level of the government that support the black agenda. Hmm. Oh, yeah? I guess. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Statewide equity officers. This is, uh, that's actually to, what is this? State laws and programs are developed without considering the impacts on black people. We demand that governors of all 50 states appoint a cabinet-level advisor to ensure that all state programs are developed with an equity and justice lens. High-quality and affordable education. And then legalize marijuana. Oh, that's always in the black agenda. Black people need our weed. Well, that's what they talk. That's how they. T- it's posi- we're gonna let you out of jail, give you some free money, and get all, all the way you can smoke. I well, mean, that, and it's positioned this a little differently. You don't mind if I do this, do you? Because I, I find this super. No, interesting. I, I do not mind at all. I Ma- do not. Uh, marijuana is now a growing and lucrative industry for many. So this is like this is your here's mm-hmm. your forty acres and a mule, Mo. Get your weed on, man. You can grow this shit. Make some money. Historically, black peoples. That's interesting. Black peoples. That doesn't mean Whoa, ADOS. When you peoples? say black peoples, that is, uh, that's not ADOS, man. That's something else. So it says, historically, black peoples, plural, have been the victim of mm-hmm. unjust laws and further barred from participation in this market. What do you mean? I've bought all my weed from black guys. This is a lie. We demand that all yeah. states legalize marijuana, immediately release all prisoners held for ma- marijuana-related offenses, and expunge the criminal record of those with past convictions and violations. So I don't have a problem with marijuana. I don't have a problem. I, it's certainly uh, uh, smoking a plant, whatever, should, you should not be in jail for that. But to say, hey, this is, your, this is literally what they're saying. This is your, this is your future business. That I find disturbing. And there's even a oh, whole... And one more thing. <clears throat> when you said the people's thing, something came to my mind. I, and I, I ran across it, but it was not a clip available. To, a new term. <clears throat> Folks. Well, not a new term, but yeah. Is it back No, no, again? no, 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 no. It is known as new. F-O-L-X. Folks. Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Black that, folks. Folks. Really now? No, because with the, with the gender. Yeah, yeah, fluidity, I know. It's, yeah, no, fluidity, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So watch watch for that one to crop up when you saw when you, when you said peoples that made me think of that. But I mean, this this is what we're talking about here. Um, at black our black party is our blue party. And newsflash, Diddy, if you are born, you are born. If you're black, you are born a Democrat. It is what it is. <laughs> you have to work your way off that plantation. As far as I'm concerned, Diddy is an alcohol salesman. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> rock boys. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Seriously. That, that's disturbing. But don't, don't talk about how, the, how, how uh, alcohol destroys. No, 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 no. We'll have none of that. Uh, and talk about that. But well, he should be held to a, he should be held to account for this. That's really not okay. This, I had no idea, and I I always kind of like Diddy. I mean, I didn't have a real problem with him, but now, wow, man, what are you pushing? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what Diddy did. Diddy did what Diddy does. He sampled. He watched a few <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> yes, right. Race war, that's black right. agenda. He sampled it. <laughs> That's so right. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's a plagiarist. Yeah. That's what that's what he did. And and and, and he put a hodgepodge together and yeah. Uh, my yeah. question is where was his support for Ice Cube? You you said it was a it was was it wasn't personal. It's business. So if that was business, yeah. Hey. But that's my rap on the Diddy versus Kanye. Um and that leads us into our second uh, donation clip. And I love new money. And it's a, let us be very clear. Mofax and Adam Curry. We too love new money. I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me. It's not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now that's kind of dumb. Isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like hundred dollar bills? Oh yeah, I like oh. new money. Oh yeah, oh. Mm. smells good. Most beautiful thing oh. on earth is a hundred dollar mm. bill. I ain't seen a woman as good looking as a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> There's something about a hundred dollar bill that excites you. Oh yeah, wait until you get a whiff of them Bitcoin though. That might excite you even more. Yes, that's right. This is uh, another little thank you segment for uh, the people who came in under fifty dollars uh, for as long as we can do it because eventually the list will just get too long. So we enjoy doing it. It's, these things can take a year or two. So get in while the going is good. Uh, again, time, talent, treasure, everything you share with us is appreciated. All of it is valuable to us. It, it's really up to you to determine what kind of value you want to uh, uh, to return for whatever you feel that you receive. And we see Doug N., who come in, uh, came in with uh, 4545. I'm sure there's some coded message in there for us. Uh, Mo and Adam, uh, I screwed up the donation the first time and sent 45 cents instead of $45.00. And 45 cents for GBG. <laughs> uh, now, he says no need to read this rant, but I think I should read this, shouldn't I? This is kind of nice. I, I like this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so he says no need to read this rant, but here's my feedback on Trapper's <laughs> Delight. Again, this was an episode, a lot of people, uh, it, it, it impacted people. So Trapper's Delight depressed me in the beginning. I turned 15 in 1970 and participated gladly in the drug counterculture. However, there's such destruction in that way of life. It's a trap. I'm so saddened that the, quote, heroes of so many people are drug gangsters. The real heroes in my book are the engineers and scientists, the real ones. 
and construction workers and teachers and farmers and fishermen, men and women who actually produce something of value to care for their families. Parents that care for and raise their children. Anyways, man, what have we done? By the time you get around to Whitey Bulger, <laughs> by the time you got around to Whitey Bulger, I was totally hooked. Yeah, that was this was good. I loved how we connected all of that. I'm from Rhode Island, and the mob around here is legendary. Yes, my mom also is from Rhode Island. You've got me all in with the CIA MKUltra stuff. When do we get to the Trilateral Commission? Actually, think Big Bank Barry kind of touches on that. <laughs> yes. Karma for our country <laughs> and the world. Merry Christmas, Duggan, and Happy New Year to you as well. Oh, yeah. Well, all of that... That's really what, if if there's one, th- if when people say, so what do you and Mo have in common? I said, that's it, our belief in lizard people. I said, that's pretty much mm-hmm. it. When we go to the conspiracy theories, I think that we're, <clears throat> we see very eye to eye on that stuff. Nothing's off the table. Oh, no, no, no. It has no. to all be analyzed. It has and to I, be. As I say, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst. So I just analyze what they put out there in the ether as far as conspiracies are concerned. Well, good. I'm, I'm one level lower. I'm just a conspiracy therapist, but, uh, you know, I'm getting along. Okay. <laughs> Gergana Yankova. Gergana Yankova, 4114, Great Palindrome. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Mo and Adam, with all my appreciation. And we appreciate that. Always love, always love a palindrome. Ashley Richardson, $40. Happy birthday, Mo. Oz, $40 for the big birthday celebration. Thank you for the knowledge and enlightenment of each episode. As a 50-plus-year-old white male from the Deep South, my mindset has changed dramatically because of you and the show. Keep up the outstanding work ethic. Thank you. Ashley, really appreciate that. That's a nice note. Matthew Evans, happy bladed birthday with $40. Aaron Meyer, $35.66. And Aaron says, I plan on listening to episodes 6 to 12 over the next two weeks. Keep up the great work. Love and light. Let us know how that went. You must have finished them by now, Aaron. Love to hear about it. Uh, Grant Convey, a little show of thanks for the valuable perspective you provide on current and historical events. Keep up the outstanding work with 3333. Uh, Oystein Berge, 33-no-note, but we got the message. Steve Edwards, Merry Christmas. Thank you both with $30. Uh, Stefan Jacobson from, uh, or Jacobson, I should say. Stefan Jacobson. Steph from Liverpool. There we go. I've got, I, I went through five countries. I found it finally. <laughs> That'll help me pronounce Steph, <laughs> Steph Jacobson. Uh, he's from Liverpool. Uh, Mo, I've been listening to the show for the last year after hearing about it through long, uh, through long time. No agenda listening. I want to say I've never heard anyone speak like you on a platform, and I really appreciate the hard work you put into each episode. I sent a small, mod- a small donation, and we'll continue listening. Take care. And keep it up, Steph. We really appreciate that. Nothing is too small. I want to correct them on one thing. There's no such thing as a small donation. Exactly. Exactly right. John Conforth, 2345. So you're telling me that Bill Clinton smuggled cocaine inside of Tyson's chickens through Walmart? I don't think I can handle this level of truth. My brain hurts. (laughs) (laughs) All kidding aside, thank you both for helping me see through the false reality that we've been living through the past four decades. Aloha. There's a lot more to come, John. We're just getting warmed up. Capital T, 2024, value for value. Mo and Adam bringing some sanity to the people. Loving this truth bomb talk. Big Wusa from the Netherlands. Thanks for keeping the Brohemian Rhapsody real. <laughs> Those Dutch guys, man. Those Dutch guys, they're everywhere. El Speck, uh, also from the Netherlands. From... Um, uh, Alkmaar, where they make the cheese, $20.21. Thank you, Els. 
donation will send you an email. So was there any more? Was there an email? Did you get any, anything else? Let, from me, else? let me search one more time. I didn't see it. One okay. Time. It would be with an S, not with a Z, by the way. That's just a clerical thing. While you're looking, for, while right. you're looking for that, I'll um, continue. Okay, we'll continue on. $15 from Arby. Thank you. Misak Yospur. Wusas and Mo Karma always available for you. You've got Mo Karma. Someone sent me something the other day. I'm just thinking about it. Did we get some? Someone sent a jingle. I just want to make sure I'm not messing up a, a great opportunity here on a donation segment. We uh, we're getting we're start slowly starting to get some of that stuff. People making uh, mm-hmm. cool things. Let me just check for one second in my MoFax box. Hmm. Gosh, you know I try to save these things. Well, I'll, hopefully I'll find it. That was some cool one people had done for for a karma. Anyway, we'll continue. Justin Elderman, ten uh, ten sorely needed information and context. From someone like myself, the show is incredible, but the recent one about the trap was simply outstanding. I love not only the cultural context provided by Mo, but also the sociological content. DMT and astral travel to Mo and Adam, and Merry Christmas. And I I skipped over an 1111 note from uh, an anonymous donor. Thank you for that. David Chalona, $10. John McDonald, longtime No Agenda listener with $10 support. Contributor as well, and love the content that you pull together. It goes beyond simplistic issues regarding race and dives into more meaningful topics about our American culture. Yes, it is the American story that we are talking here. Always fascinated with the twists. I know. That's what keeps me on the show until the very end as well. <laughs> I can't wait for the twist <laughs> at the end. Susan Tillett, $10. Thank you for that. Rebecca Zymetz, $5. And uh, two $4.11 uh, donations from Terry Keller. So we'll count that as a two separate ones, but eight twenty-two, And that wraps up the donations for episode uh, 56 of MoFax Without a And Curry. I do have a note. I missed it. Oh, good. I'm got else? I think. Okay. It says, please accept this happy um, New Year's donation of 2120. I mean, excuse me, 2021. Love your show. I learned so much over the last couple of years. For example, I always felt Obama was not black. Watching him, watching him listen and doing his moves to all the black artists coming over to perform for him and Michael. <laughs> Big Mish. Um, uh, now I know I was right. <laughs> now I know I was right. And why? And why? Thank you for doing the work. He caught, he got me on that one. Yeah. Um, happy, happy Christmas and happy and a happy and loving 2021 to you. Loving like Else. Yeah, Else is a, right, is a female you. female name in uh, the Netherlands. So, is you know, it? Yeah. 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 And I would have pronounced that Else for some reason. Else. I don't, it's I don't El- yeah, it's Else. Else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got me on that one. Else. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> That was funny. All right. Thank you all very much for supporting episode number 56. And, uh, well, you know the drill. It's value for value. And we've got some, you know, we're going to pop all of this open in the in the next, uh, what is it, 45 minutes or an hour. We're going to get to the end here. You're going to love it. And you're going to want to support us with your time, your talent, or your treasure. Go to MoFax.com. Direct to the donation page, MoFundMe.com, M-O-U-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. Thank you again. It's uh, really appreciated. So we couldn't do a versus or potluck without doing some sports. Oh, (laughs) do I get to ring the bell yet? Wait till I announce it. Okay. 
Michael Air Jordan versus LeBron King James. Round three. Yes. I was proud of our players that we not only were we playing the game of basketball, we was also having discussions every single day about what's going on in the communities from, you know, police brutality to, you know, the racism that's going on to voter suppression. And obviously, as you talked about, there were a lot of things going on off the court. Unfortunately, uh, while you guys were in the bubble, we obviously had what took place in Kenosha. And the season that was already going on was pretty close to stopping, right, LeBron? You guys were close to calling it quits and walking away, Yeah, right? we were. You know, it was funny because um, Milwaukee um, was playing Orlando that day, and then I believe OKC and Houston was the next game, and then our game was the last game. I think it was us versus Portland. So, you know, when Milwaukee did what they did, and rightfully so, we understood that there was no way that none of us can go on the floor. We, we, we stand as a brotherhood. We are a brotherhood in our league, and we still with the Milwaukee Bucks and what they wanted to do. But there was a time where we were ready to leave, too. Um, the Lakers, myself included, we were ready to leave. And um, we were trying to figure out if we leave or if we stay, what is our plan? What is our call for action? And I'm lucky enough to have a, a friend, you know, the 44th president that allowed me and allowed uh, CP and allowed us to get on the phone with them and get guidance. You know, when there's things going on, when it's chaos, where, where people don't know which move to make or, or how to handle a situation, the best thing you can do is have someone that you can talk to and give you guidance and have that type of leadership. Mm. All right. So the backstory on this one. So you have young versus old. Uh, and re- it's actually in reverse of the Tyson versus Bootsy. Right. You have the young guy coming after the old guy being LeBron coming after Michael Jordan. And the backdrop of this is when uh, Jacob Blake got shot seven times in Kenosha. Mm. Um, the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks decide to strike. Right. They said, we're not playing. Well, I'm going to tell you now, LeBron said he was close to calling it quits. No way. LeBron needs a fourth and fifth and sixth ring to be compared to Michael Oh, Jordan yes, of course. Of course he needs that. Yes, obviously. So he was, there's no way in hell he was going to leave that bubble uh, to win another championship in L.A. to boycott the season and for other reasons as well. Um, you had, um, so he, he says Obama convinced him to play on. Mm-hmm. I call BS on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think he called Xi, Obama. Xi Jinping how, how do we figure him. out? <laughs> well, we're gonna get that gog- goggles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, goggles. Yeah. <laughs> I, he was doing so well. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, future, I'm sorry. Your future gazing. Um, <laughs> so the Milwaukee Bucks threw, threw them a curveball. They're like, we're boycotting. We're done. We're not playing. You know, is this the right thing to do? And allegedly, Obama convinces him to play on. Now, in 33, we'll listen to Obama and what he said to uh, uh, LeBron. You know, the, the conversation we had was along the lines uh, LeBron spoke about. Protest is useful in terms of raising awareness. But given the power that the, the NBA players had, my suggestion was that you use that platform to see if you can start asking for some specifics. This isn't something that's just a one-off. Right. It's 
as sadly what we've seen is it happens again and again. So one of the suggestions I had for uh, the players was, uh, is it possible for you guys to set up uh, an office that allows you on an ongoing basis to take best practices that are going to uh, start making incidents like this less likely. As I told him, though, it's not going to be solved overnight. This is something that you've got to stay on. Right. you got to keep on moving. And so the fact that LeBron then has also been working with more than a vote, working with uh, my uh, outstanding partner and uh, the most popular Obama, uh, <laughs> Michelle Obama, uh, in, in getting people registered, getting them educated, uh, understanding the connection between voting and reform so that you combine protest and go into the polls. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's been the best uh, outcome possible. Now, he was working with Mike on his, uh, on his alley-oop. Um, <laughs> more than a vote. Okay. Go ahead, Mo. I, I, uh-huh. Another one I got to look at. Right. Another one I got to look at. Yeah. So Obama says protest is a good thing, but don't just protest. Vote. Vote. So, so, vote. Um, <laughs> my legacy. Vote. <laughs> right. My vote. My legacy. So Disney, Black Lives Matter, and big corporations weren't allowed the NBA to boycott. Let's just keep it. Uh, uh, let's just keep. Of course it not. Here. Of course not. Right. Secondly, how in the hell can NBA players stop police from shooting people? I don't understand. I mean, like, what, what do they think they could do? Well, they have but a special said, office. Oh, no, they, can... they got a special office they can go to and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're we going to get to that special office. No. So then, more than a vote. Um, and that more than a vote, are you at the website now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin, can, can you go down to Protect Home Court and oh. see that? I was looking at Kevin Hart being on this. That was kind of interesting. Oh, no, we're going to be very specific on this one. Protect home court. Can you read what that says? Hold on a sec. Protect? Why don't I see this? Uh, we are... Oh, protect home court. Mm-hmm. Arena voting and discounted rides to the polls. <laughs> yes. Oh, my right, God. So this- it's, it's literally uh, a... a this is an old, old, old union trick. Uh, we'll don't worry. We're gonna drive you to the pole. Wow. Hold on. It gets better. It gets better. This is an article I think from Huffington Post. Let me make sure that's right. No, this is for NBC Sports. Um, LeBron James voting rights group converting arenas into polling places. Right. I go down. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. Now you know where I'm going with this. Uh, More than a vote. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Georgia, mm-hmm. Fulton County election officials this week approved the Atlanta Hawks proposal to use State Farm Arena as a polling site. Plans to call them for the arena to serve as the uh, countywide early voting site ahead of Election Day. Do you remember this? State Farm Arena being in the news recent recently? Yes. Was this some was there some All right. was some votes uh, being slipped around back and forth out of a suitcase? Yeah, Huffington Post. <laughs> Surveillance tape of voting count vote counting breeding false claim false fraud claims in Georgia. Hmm. Well now. So this is what the NBA asked for. Polling places. 
Do you see? Do you see what's going on here? Of course, I, I did uh, no. not. I did not know that. That's how that. Well, you know, it wasn't hidden, <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't advertised. This. Wow, that's good, Mo. <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to uh, clip thirty-four. You know, when you think about the history of African American athletes, you know, dating back to Jack Johnson, the boxer, and then you've got Jackie Robinson. And you've got Muhammad Ali. You've got folks like Bill Russell in the NBA, Arthur Ashe in tennis. And, and, and then for a while, I think there was a, uh, a suspension of activism, right? Because I think for a time, the African-American athlete started thinking in terms of contracts, money, shoe deals, et cetera. And to see this wow. new generation without fear in speaking their mind, and their conscience. I think you guys are setting the tone for a lot of young people coming up and a lot of other athletes in other leagues. Wow. Man, this is beautiful how it's all connected. You got the the yeah, shoe deal, th- this you got to, and Obama is deep in this. He threw Michael Jordan completely under the bus. No that's kidding. what when he talked about shoe deals. Yeah. That's what that's what they're so basically they're saying. Uh, we were in suspended, you know, um, basically no action was taken with that generation of Michael Jordan because they were too concerned about their revenue about shoes, and shoe shoe deals, deals and contracts. Wow. Which, yeah. So now we go into... That's his homeboy, like, well, too. Mo, that's, that's, a, a, that's his homeboy. That's Chicago. Is it? Is it? <laughs> well, hey, I, I only started following NBA this year, so I'm just spouting the like only, I know what I'm talking about. The only competition Obama has is the most famous black man in, a, in, in the world is probably Michael Jordan. <sighs> Underhanded. This eh? is big. This is yeah, that's yeah, big. This is and it's it, when I heard this, I said this is a weasel, weasel way hey, to try to hey, wait a another minute. person. Wait a minute. Didn't Obama yes. go and 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 do a three pointer? Was that in the darn arena where he where he did that right right before the election? That was uh that was in I think in Michigan. Oh okay, it, it was in an arena. That was the basketball thing, right? Yeah, I do but, this. but it was basically oh yeah. Let me <laughs> let me take care. Hold on a second. I mean that's isn't that also part of this? Like hey, look at me, Mike. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, he had to get he had, he to, had get to get back in up. that BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And BlackBerry is about when he was in the White House, he was playing golf all the time. But when he's running, campaigning, he breaks out the round ball. <laughs> yeah, like, I gotta yeah, get in BlackBerry yeah, yeah, mode. Yeah. Because yeah. we talked about it <laughs> on another show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, just to make people say, oh, well, Mo, he didn't say Mike specifically. Yeah, right. Everybody, Everybody knows, knows about the Michael about. Jordan. Republicans buy sneakers, too. Mm-hmm. Hit it, 35. Mm-hmm. Jordan officially coming out and admitting that he said Republicans buy sneakers, too, <gasps> was, I thought, a pretty iconic uh, admission by him. He's never admitted that he said it before. Now, he said he said it in a joking fashion. And there was a lot of discussion about exactly what Jordan represented off the court. And I say a lot. There's probably seven or eight minutes of a two-hour uh, performance. But there were a couple of quotes that I thought really stood out uh, from Michael Jordan. I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. Uh, I wasn't a politician. I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably. But that was my energy 
And I believe that's why Jordan was the best and most popular athlete ever. And this has been a big discussion point. I obviously wrote a book entitled Republicans Buy Sneakers 2 based off of that Michael Jordan quote that came out of, I believe it was the Jordan Rules, the Sam uh, Smith book. Um, And this is something that in many ways modern day athletes have begun to repudiate is the idea that you should try to appeal to everyone. Uh, They're doing a 10-hour documentary on Michael Jordan, and they had uh, a guy talking there and said, oh, Michael Jordan, I don't think he's going to matter in a few years. He's going to fade. He's Noah Lee. (laughs) So they're trying to equate LeBron James with Muhammad Ali, a guy that Muhammad Ali gave up everything for what he believed in. He was in the prime of his boxing you know, career, uh, probably one of the biggest American celebrities at that time. And all he had to do was go and fight exhibitions uh, for the troops. It's not like they were going to put a rifle in his hand. Right. But he said, no. He said, I'm not going to take the comfortable way out. I'm going to fight this. I don't believe in it, so I'm going to fight in this. And they try to equate try to equate James China's, China's LeBron. bitch LeBron James with Muhammad Ali is pretty pretty rough. Right. And saying that, that goes back to what we covered in, in throwback clip uh, uh, throwback clip 11 when we covered the NBA situation and LeBron being extra quiet on the China situation. There's a song from Hamilton. I, I want to be in the room when it happens, right? Where it happens. And uh, to me, you're a pawn if you're not in the room. You may have the greatest exposure, you may have the greatest celebrity, you may have the loudest voice. But if you're not in the room where the decisions are being made, then ultimately, then you're, you are a pawn. You're not the queen, you're not the king, you're not a rook. And with LeBron and, and Colin Kaepernick, yes, their, their ability to present a certain opinion is just that. It's a certain opinion. And it's connected, as you said, once again, it's, it's all about business. Exactly. And I'm gonna say this as pawn always. We gotta be fair and objective over here at the uh, you know at the show. Conservatives use Michael Jordan as a pawn, of course, against against LeBron. Uh, Trump did it. I like Mike. You know he he put in one right, tweet. Right, 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 right. Well, so you hear a lot of these uh, upstart conservative sports shows. They'll use Michael Jordan. To denigrate LeBron. Well, what's interesting? And I don't think it's, this is good. Well, I was going to say what what I've noticed um, doing this show for the past year and taking a little more interest in sports. I, mean, I, I, I like some sports, but I've never watched ESPN and the level of political discourse that has been run through sports in the United States was so out of control that. It destroyed ESPN and Barstool Sports and uh, the Outkick. You know, these people were were desperate to get away from this bullcrap in their sports. And it's like the whole thing is political. Everything is business and political. I think people are on to it. Well, who's the target audience for sports? Hello. Young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And ethnic um, males. So if you're trying to talk, target that spec, more more specifically black males. Yeah. So it's like, let's leverage LeBron in a political manner. And I lost all respect for LeBron when he did that in 2016 with Hillary Clinton 
like I said, if you want to donate, but when you get on stage with people and and That'll use stick. your celebrity, that, that sticks. It sticks. Oh man, he and he and he can't get away from that. Mm-hmm. He can't get away from that. So we have another clip from that same segment of Speak for Yourself. And and notice that's when uh Whitlock, and you're saying, I don't know if he got ran off or if he left Fox sports news but he's no longer there so we have a uh clip with uh lavar errington uh spilling some truth that probably won't have him working anymore you are a pawn i hate to break this news to you 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 are i don't play chess you are you are a pawn and and you're a pawn because you are leverageable you're a leverageable asset all right you're a leverageable asset i'm a leverageable asset Wit is a leverageable asset. If we are no longer a leverageable asset to Fox, we are no longer welcome at Fox. That's the bottom line. If you don't bring that value, if you don't bring a tremendous value for what their cause is and their business model is, Mm. you're you're not going to be here. The same goes for what what we're talking about right now. So when you're talking about, you know, are these guys pawns for this political game? Of course they are. Woo. Yep. There it is. That won't have you on TV for very long. <laughs> uh, it's podcasting it's for you, my go. friend. <laughs> yeah. So, um, of course, we have to, you know, uh, look at it from the uh, esoteric. And one and only, we had to bring in Chronicle Judah of Judah 144. <laughs> and he gives us the inside on the uh, Michael Jordan versus uh, LeBron situation. All right, man. Peace. You know, brothers, I've been telling you for a very long time. What does he say? Lampedes? What did he say? No. <laughs> I can't. I didn't understand. All right, man. Peace. Oh, my gosh. I did not hear that. All right, man. Peace. All right. Got you now. You know, brothers, I've been telling you for yeah. a very long time that this dude, LeBron, Benny Blanco from the Bronx, James, that the only reason why he constantly is trying to utilize wokeism and pseudo-activism and his fake internet revolutionary persona is so that he could figure out a way to try to take down Michael Jordan in his mind as being the number one all-time greatest NBA basketball player. That's all this shit is really about. This is an attempt by LeBron James in concert with Nike to try to take down LeBron. And certain people might say, well, why would you say that? Isn't Michael Jordan also a Nike athlete? You have to understand something that Nike Incorporated is a Saturnian organization. They operate according to the concept of magic meaning white magic and black magic. Like, for example, the film Star Wars. Star Wars depicts the dichotomy of the white magicians, i.e. the Jedi, against the black magicians, i.e. the Sith Lords. In the Star Wars films, the Sith Lords operate according to the paradigm of the Master and the Apprentice. And eventually, the Apprentice always tries to destroy the Master. He never works alongside the Master. And this is what LeBron James is doing. LeBron James is trying to destroy Michael Jordan because he understands that his magic is not as powerful as Michael Jordan's magic. They're both wizards. Don't get it twisted. They're both Saturnians. And that's why there's a level of fervor and competition between them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So this this guy does great work. Uh, He looks at it, the esoteric, and I, I frequently bring him to the show because he has a perspective I don't think think is original um, out of all content creators. So that that's all it is. Michael, jo- he, LeBron wants to be the biggest athlete in the world. Sure. But he he doesn't have it. Anybody, and, not, and maybe I'm being ageist here, but 
if you say you can watch only one last basketball game, Michael Jordan would be the player that you pick. Well, yeah, that's the only it's, basketball game I watched was that 10-hour documentary, <laughs> which was all it, about him. And that's what frustrated LeBron. I'm not, thank you for the alley. I'll open on home. Uh, that's what frustrated LeBron because the, uh, what was it? I know the name of it. Um, what, the documentary? Not, yes, I, I know the name of it. It's just slipping my mind. The last dance, last dance, last dance. The last, last dance, dance, that's it. Yeah. It had better ratings than the actual NBA finals, NBA games. Oh, everything. it was it was monstrous. Absolutely. It was monstrous. So that that goes to show you that people are more interested in watching a documentary about Michael Jordan playing than actually watch LeBron play. And there's this slogan that cropped up. Once you go woke, you go broke. Yep. That with sports, people don't want to hear about it. No. Okay, I have to I have to gloat here a little bit. I am the reigning champion of uh, my fantasy league this year in football. Oh, congratulations! And the last oh, thing I'm very I, happy about thank that. You, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, the last thing I want to hear is about anything other than football. It's it's because it's an, it's an escape. It's a known escape for me. It's a mental unplug. You you know. You try to forget everything that's going on outside for, you know, for me, it's going to be about six to seven hours every Sunday um, because I have to watch Red Zone. But that's just uh, not here or there. But that's what you want to do is I don't want to don't want to do anything but veg out in front of TV and have fun with my friends and don't inject politics into it. They, they don't get it. That's our only escape. That's it. That's left. But what they're doing is slowly maybe knowingly or unknowingly they're killing entertainment they killed all the celebrities they killed all the musicians they killed all the athletes with all these woke messages nobody wants to hear that and that's why you like you said you have um the new kids in the block outkick and several others that are doing big numbers because people just want to get the sports well and, and if you they look don't at, want to hear all the rest of if the you look stuff. at barstool sports that's totally let's like uh let's just, let's watch some dumb sports let's just talk about sports and sport ah sports and then you know do some good stuff for the pizzas i, I love uh the barstool sports fund they're doing for the help restaurants yeah it's just mm-hmm. kind of wholesome good fun. yeah like low you don't have to think much and you and you look at you look at uh dave port now you think Hey, he's not that smart. I don't have to think much about him. <laughs> it's like it feels good. It feels very natural and normal and not not problematic to use that shitty term. And, and what it really is, it's a portal back to your youth. You know, trading basketball cards, trading football cards. I mean, that's what kind of like fantasy is. You own the guy. It's kind of like owning his card and you can put it, this imaginary team together. And it just, you know, it just gives you an escape. And, and they pollute it with these politics. And it's not even the politics. What are you going to do on the field? Go to the police station. Go, I mean, go anywhere. What are you going to do on the field? That's like me at my job. I don't bring my politics to work. I bring it to the podcast. I mean, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but but obviously that's part of today's professional sports athlete's job is to do, is to participate in the corporate politics, which is real politics. 
so is their job to make money or to push narratives? That's what the question, because they don't, the they're answer, not moving in the same direction. No, the answer is yes, but they don't understand that, that <laughs> they don't understand that these two things don't coexist long term. But I don't think they or disagree. I don't think they have the opportunity to, to opt out. That's that's the obvious problem here. And then the other thing, if you're going to talk about it, be informed. It's this guy, uh, Justin Jackson. He's on uh, uh, some of the more liberal shows. And he, he's aware. He's talking about the Uber uh, and, the, you know, uh, how Uber is stiff to people in California and they're not counted as uh, with the bit. Well, I mean, the gig work and oh, yeah, as, as employees. He's yeah. very intelligent. Yeah, he's very intelligent and educated on the topics. That's fine. Use those platforms. I'm not against politics. And athlete, I'm saying don't bring it to your field of play. That's all I'm saying. So I guess we can get back into uh, Chronicles of Judah Part 2. Really the only flaw that Jordan has, his Achilles heel, is the perceived lack of attention that he's given to so-called black issues. Back in the 90s, they tried to attack him for his gambling. Now they're trying to attack him for his lack of quote-unquote social activism. That's why I state that this whole issue, this dichotomy between Michael Jordan and LeBron James is really based on a major issue that is so pervasive in the black community in regards to the so-called black man either wanting to take control over his own life and be held responsible for his own actions or for someone who wants to promote the victimization card. Ooh, there it is. There's the connective tissue. Mm Mm-hmm. This is this is the this is the uh, either or choice of a black man. Either I'm going to believe myself, believe my talents, believe my skills, or I'm going to you know be a victim. And I'm going to tell you the problem with LeBron James being a victim. If a guy that's six nine, two hundred and seventy <laughs> eighty pounds, is walking around saying he's scared, yeah, there's something who wrong. Who up to that? Yeah, right. It's kind of like a, a buck breaking that oh, I'm scared. I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of my own shadow. No, that's not, that's not a good look period. But, um, but isn't that also but, exactly what LeBron James misses? It, it, isn't that exactly what be like Mike? There's no be like, be like LeBron. So Mike, Michael Jordan was the hero of all children. Like holy crap! Yeah, that's Mike. World. He flies. The man has wings across the world. Yes, it, just, <laughs> it, it was un, it was unbelievable. And LeBron just doesn't have that vibe, right? So now we're going to get into owners owner mindset, and this is Mark Cuban <laughs> talking to uh, uh, Megan Kelly uh, about the NBA ratings, Black Lives Matter, and the uh, China hypocrisy. So basically, you're saying that no, nobody should do business with China ever. Why don't you just answer my question? No, maybe <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to get to the, the root of it. So why you're would the just NBA trying to do put, that? You're the one. You are the one who because said. they are a customer. They're they ah. are a customer of ours. And guess what, Megan? I'm okay with doing business with China. You know, I wish I could solve all the world's problems, Megan. I'm sure you do too, but we can't. And so we have to pick all battles. And while you'd like to get proclamations so you can create a clip that says, look what I got Mark to say, you don't want to deal with the actual action item. You might think silence is violence, but action gets change. Sounds like a victim of China, actually. Chinese buy sneakers, too. 
<laughs> they they make them and they that, buy them. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me, right? I mean, they they denigrated uh, Jordan for saying Republicans buy sneakers too, but now you have an owner. But oh, nobody yeah. holds him to task for oh, saying no, this. No, Cuban got a huge you pass. Have, you got a huge pass on this. Right. And where's LeBron at? Where's LeBron to say, hey, you know, you know we, don't, we don't want that money. We don't want that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's how owners get down. And in and, and the last closing two clips, this is kind of relevant to what we're talking about here. There was a, you remember Donald Sterling? I don't know if you remember him or not. Owner, owner of the former owner of the L.A. Clippers. He uh, oh, had didn't to he get kicked? Yeah, he, he didn't want black out. people. Yeah, he had he had to yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course, I remember. Yes. And, and that this is just as a side note. This is the most blatant, one of the most blatant examples of white privilege. You get kicked out of your league, and you get to sell your team for like. <laughs> I think he bought it for like four hundred four hundred thousand or something like that. Maybe four million. Sold it for two billion. Woohoo! Oh, that's 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 showing you something, Don. Um, <laughs> but at the time, LeBron James was silent, silent. The L.A. Clippers, the, the same one, Chris Paul, that talked to LeBron James and um, Obama. Guess what their protest was? We're gonna take our jerseys off and throw them <laughs> in the middle of the floor at practice. <laughs> right? We're radical. <laughs> <laughs> right, but now all of a sudden, oh, now you're you're saying, oh, it's just, oh, we're gonna we're just super woke. So let's get to this clip with uh, Anderson Cooper and uh, Donald Sterling. Magic Johnson had said that you know he would never attend a game while you were owner. Apparently, he showed up to a game today. He would never what attend a Clippers game as long as you were owner, and he came today to uh, to see the game. He's there at the game. Yeah. I don't think it's worthy of even discussing such a stupid remark. But he lulled me into waiting a week. Do you know what I mean? He said, don't do anything. He told you, you're saying he told you not to say anything? Yeah, don't do anything. I know the girl. Don't do anything. I'll I'll help you. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. What you're saying is Magic Johnson called you up or you called him up? I don't know his phone number. He, he called, called me. you up yeah. when, when the tape. Broke. I don't call anybody. He called I'm you. I'm loyal to you. He he called you up when the tape came out, and he told you not to say anything. Yeah. Saying? Why did he say don't say anything? He just said, "Wait, be patient. I'll help you. We'll we'll work it out." Why do you think he said that? I think he wanted me to just do nothing so he could buy the team. He thought maybe the whole thing would be resolved in two weeks. Uh. Well. What has he done? Can you tell me? Big Magic Johnson, what has he done? Well, yes, he's a business person. He, he's he got AIDS. Did he do any business? I like, did he help anybody in South L.A.? Well, I think he has HIV. He doesn't actually have full-blown AIDS. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, crap. I hadn't heard this. I'm, I'm a, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that the silent protest uh, uh, is they took they they didn't just throw their jerseys on the floor they turned them inside mm-hmm. out which is a violation oh, revolutionary. and it's not a violation because you're not showing your team logo it's because you're not showing your Nike logo if I can be so free to make that assumption hmm and that's what gets people's attention in these organizations. 
so then we have Donald Sterling. So he's pissed off now. Magic has kind of told him, hey, hey, don't say, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Hey, uh, Magic's I'm, I'm got AIDS. <laughs> what is wrong right. with that guy? He's what got he AIDS. Done? What has he done? He's famous because he got AIDS. Man, that's crazy. Right. And, but hold on, it gets it gets better. So Anderson, and we're, 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 it just as a as a prelude to coming episodes, we're going to talk about Fauci, Magic Johnson, and ATZ. Mm, so I mean, good. I'm just going to say, good, yeah, good, good. Yeah, we're going there. We're going nice. all the way there. But I love it, Mo. It's always a beautiful thing when you can get a racist so mad <laughs> that the truth starts to pour out of their mouth. Oh, here it comes. 42. Uh, well, what kind of a guy goes to every city, has sex with every girl, then he catches HIV? And uh, is that someone we want to respect and, and tell our kids about? I think he should be ashamed of himself. I think he should go into the background. But what does he do for the black people? He doesn't do anything. You call up and say, wow. well, he's, you know, he's, opened, a he's, he's a, opened a lot of businesses in, Jewish in inner people, city neighborhoods. The Jewish people have a company, and it's for people who want to borrow money and no interest. They want to give them a fish pole, fishing pole. We want to help people. If they don't have the money, we'll loan it to you. You don't have interest, one day you'll pay us back. So are, I'm just telling you, he does nothing. It's so, all talk. Are, so are you saying that African Americans don't contribute to their to African American communities as much as Jewish? There's people no African American. Well, never mind. Whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wish he had finished his thought. That would have been beautiful. Oh, but even he self-censored. That goes to show you, even a white man, racist. Yeah, right. Knows, even a racist knows, knows his boundaries. He was like, "There's no black." Ah, Jesus. Now, um, now there, but it, that goes to show you. Go ahead. I was going to say there is one point that uh, that that is it's uh, contradictory. And mm-hmm. I have to, you know, I'm listening to the to Mr. Uh, Sterling, the racist. Uh, Magic Johnson, you know, his his business is f- fast food, man. It's 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 Burger King. It's uh, is he, isn't he the lar- one of the largest? I thought he also had McDonald's. Didn't he have McDonald's? He had a fat well? burger, fat, fat burger. burger. But he has 31 Burger Kings. Right. Uh, okay. Fat houses. Yeah, I mean that's trap. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Trap houses. Trap houses. Yes. Tra- <laughs> Michael <laughs> Magic Jordan, <laughs> Magic Johnson has, has got trap houses. Woo! Trap houses. Let me see what else he's what? got. Oh, that's crazy. Why you look that up? Let's not lose the baby in the bathwater. Sure, go for because it. Because the truth is not him lambasting Magic Johnson. He told you the blueprint. To the how to have a functioning culture, and I think that's why he got canceled because up until this point they hadn't forced him to tell his team yet. But when this when this beauty came out of his mouth, say, "Oh, Jewish people! Oh yeah, we have a company and we loan each other interest free loans and, <laughs> and and you know and and when you get the phone call, you got to put up ten k and um when it's your time, you put your ten k in and you get paid back and we help yeah." LeBron, are you paying attention? Mike Tyson, are you paying attention? Diddy, are you paying attention? I'm I'm even say Michael Jordan, Kanye. This is how they operate. Hello. Mm-hmm. They give each other interest-free loans. Here, Mo Facts. 
here's 10K interest-free loan. Pay us back when you can. And the way you pay back is when next time you get a phone call, you put your 10K in. He said it himself. We give them, maybe we need to listen to that end again. He said we give them fishing poles. That's an allusion to the give a man a fish, eat for a day, Mm -hmm. teach a man a fish. No, he said we give them fishing poles. Interesting. Let's listen to it That's again. That's how culture works. Let's listen again. Uh, well, what kind of a guy goes to every city, has sex with every girl, then he catches HIV? And uh, is that someone we want to uh, respect and, and tell our kids about? I think he should be ashamed of himself. I think he should go into the background. But what does he do for the black people? He doesn't do anything. You call up and say, well, he's, you know, he's, opened, a business, he's, he's a, opened a lot of businesses the in, in people, inner city neighborhoods. The Jewish people have a company, and it's for people who want to borrow money and no interest. They want to give them a fish pole, fishing pole. We want to help people. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what culture looks like. Sure. And in an odd way, uh, and it just popped in my head, so I'll just throw it out. I'm not quite sure exactly how to explain it, but in an odd way, when I see um, Hotep Jesus and other uh, black Americans, uh, or maybe say ADOS or Hotep, just Hotep, I don't want to get in any trouble, um, Yeah, <laughs> with, with Bitcoin, I feel that's a, that is a new version of I want to help you out. Yeah. Building wealth. That that's that's exactly exactly. Not hand not handouts, not No, 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 showing you a path, showing you a path, but also I mean Hotep clear just using his him as an example. He he mm-hmm. clearly uh, is is helping. You know, this is an educational thing. Here's what this can do. Here's how you can build wealth. Set it all up for you. Um, you know, most most of what he does is education. The physical act of buying and storing Bitcoin for people is not that hard, but he, it's the education and it's uh, helping people understand. Uh, it, he is truly handing out virtual fishing poles in my mind. Yeah, and that's that right. You, you teach a man to fish. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is, and it's not. And and the buy-in is, you help today, you get help today, you help tomorrow, and that's that's how that culture functions. On our side, it's let's take, 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 donate, donate, donate. You want to help? <laughs> donate to Act Blue. That's how yeah. we're going to help you. Yeah. Give your money. Yeah, give to your us. money that's, up. Give your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How 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 me. cynical is it, really, man? How cynical? So, Mo, is twenty twenty one is the year that we're going to set uh, set everyone free? Obviously, and I look forward to doing it hopefully, with you. Ho- yeah, hopefully, it's episodes and episodes like this. And we have to get out that mind trap. We have to get and that's that's going to be a big thing. And and twenty twenty one is going to be not. We we saw the results of and we were looking at the end results in twenty twenty of politics and. Um and you know the boule and the things that this my focus this year is going to be focusing on the interpersonal relationships that creates that outcome and you see it here pitting black man against black man for narratives and political points and and pushing agendas so once people see us all smoke and mirrors hopefully they can come up out of that mind trap and once you come out the mind trap then you thrive so and, yes, that's that's my hope. And I and this is not just a black thing, man. Lots of people are in the mind trap. 
Yeah, post. start with us. <laughs> like you said, that's not that's not positive or negative. You start with us, and then it goes everywhere. So prosperity start with us, and then, you know, and then everybody can you know um, reap the benefits of it. Oh, Mo, I can't because, I can't wait to put up a statue of you one day so in 50 years some <laughs> idiot Antifa kids can pull it down. But still, you deserve one. You deserve one. <laughs> Thanks for this journey, man. I like that. There's so much here that I don't know. Started off a little rough for me. I had to kind of f- remember who everybody was and what, the, what all the issues were. And you pulled it off, man. Good job. I love this. This was a lot of fun. I like I like learning things. That I really know nothing I about. Now it's good. I appreciate that, Adam. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And we expect you to hang around until we come back next time. But you know, we're really dedicated to the new schedule for 2021, bringing you more Mo Facts with Adam Curry right here on the podcast. Mo, thank you so much, man. Have a great week. All right, have a good one, Adam. See you next time. And remember, you can support us by going to mofax.com or direct to our donation page, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. See ya! Six can get me. No.